I liked Wonder Woman. <laughs> but this Captain Marvel shit, <laughs> this is too far. And I'm wanna... okay with one movie with the chick in it. Yeah. Two movies with chicks? Fuck that. I don't hate women. I'm not coming at this as a misogynist. What I'm saying, though, that's too, too many movies. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And welcome to episode 379, the episode that is not divisible by three. There we go. Every episode now starts with math to <laughs> get rid of a certain percentage of people who listen to podcasts. That's they true. hear math and off they go. Is that right? Does that sure, really turn done. people off that oh, much? Oh, yeah. What yeah, if we did some math and uh, they're gone. What if we started with grammar? Would that be better? Okay, go for it. Uh, what kind of grammar would you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the semicolon, its uses, well, the, and abuses? I think the Oxford comma uh, just had uh, some some news, but I'm not really What was sure. the Oxford comma's news? I, I think it was like, use it. Oh, yeah. It or, is a very useful or, or lose thing. It. The Oxford comma being the comma that would precede and. There you are. That is the Oxford comma. So, yeah, it does have its uses, especially if you're listing two things that aren't part of the other part. Like, if you make it seem like it's... Like, uh, what would an example of that be? Like, um, would I can't any think of these of likes you're saying have an Oxford comma after them? Any of my likes? Yeah, you're going like, uh, well, like, I uh, like, well, would, would, would that have an Oxford comma? Or well, would that, that would just have a standard comma. It would have a standard comma on both sides of it. Understood. So it should be okay. comma like comma okay. because it's, a, it's not part of the sentence mm-hmm. itself. So yeah, I do like commas actually. I'm a big fan of them. All right, so uh, we've now gotten rid of people with math and grammar. <laughs> uh, uh, now we could talk politics and religion, let's, and uh, well, sure, let's then talk. We really can... get deep into like uh, personal details about sex. Sure. About well, ourselves. we can let's start with religion then. Oh, okay, sure. Because for me, speaking of religion, Lent has just started. I'm right. just starting. I'm on my uh, second day without sugar, mm-hmm. and I'm dying. I'm dead. I'm dead on the ground already. I did two days of this, and I can't stand it. Already. Right. Now, the Lent is uh, was the time, well, it wasn't the time, but it is a tribute to the time uh, that Christ uh, uh, his, went, his, without, yeah. went to the a desert second, on a mountain. second time to the desert, yes. Went second time to the desert. Yeah. Okay. So, he liked it so much the first time. That's right. He, well, first time he met Satan. Well, he didn't meet him the second time. Is it the second time? I thought it was the first time. I thought time it was the second it. time, and it's oh, weird because okay. I was sort of writing a play about this. But go okay, ahead. okay. Well, then, if you if you say I might be, I might have my timelines mixed. All up. right, and this is where Satan tempted because him because I and always, went, hey, just why don't you yeah. jump off this cliff? And it's like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, we you, you don't have to prove anything. Yeah, he didn't say it in that way. He said it with a more fancy language. Yes, that's you right. Know, but there was a lot of that. Well, why don't you, you know, do something make really things, fantastic, yeah. and then everyone will believe in you. Just make says, your dad show up. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that business. Yeah. Yeah. How many times, uh, I want to get back to your sugar stuff, but how many times, were there only two times in the in the Bible where, um, and and I might be confusing the Bible with uh, the musical Godspell, mm-hmm. um, where uh, Jesus, Jesus was asked... Uh, Why are you wearing do, those overalls? Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, what's the buzz? <laughs> Tell me what's happening. Um, when he was uh, uh, told, do some, do some of your uh, things, miracles, miracle yeah. it up for us. Mm-hmm. And he went, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be doing that. Uh, and they went. Well, there you go. Uh, so this one time was the devil. Uh, yeah. I don't. Did they call? Did they he's call the called, devil? He's, his name is like. It's not even the devil, and it's not Satan. That's a, I think that's right. an anglicize, or an anglicize, anglicization of of what would have been in in Aramaic uh, the tempter or you know. So okay, the idea of some sort of 
tempting force. Sure. I don't think it's I, even the idea of it being an individual is something that we bring to the story. Yeah, I this think. was something that was confusing when I was a kid. When mm-hmm. I was in Catholic school, you'd have like the serpent of the Garden of Eden. You'd have the tempt, the tempter, and Lent. You'd have all these uh, figures that would, you know, people mm-hmm. would say would be the devil. Then other people would go, "No, they're not. That's just that's yeah. another thing." And we're like, "Well, just clarify. You can't. Who's you're who? just personifying." Stop giving credit to the devil <laughs> when the devil's not doing that business. Mm. But with only two times when the de- when Jesus went, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not basically gonna be, you know, your, uh, your 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 trick monkey. I'm not gonna do a bunch of miracles for you just because you because you ask. Is was there only two times in? I'm not sure. What's the other time you're thinking of? I'm talking about well. Because here's the thing, yeah. like in Godspell, the musical, okay, not Godspell, fine. sorry, I apologize, Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, Herod Who the hell do you uh, think says, you are? hey, why don't you mm-hmm. uh, prove, prove to us you yeah. know, what you're, what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. that you're the, and Herod just, said this. Herod said this. King okay, Herod. well, this kind of falls outside of the... Oh, so you just... Because they never, yeah, Herod, Herod, maybe you think of John the Baptist and Herod talking together. Mm, okay, well, in the, in the Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. Herod... It's Herod and Christ. So okay. they just made that up. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not even yeah, it. I don't think that happens in the Bible. Oh, I mean, pretty, I, I want to. It's s- a pretty good song. I'm no that's expert. A shame that that's not actually in the thing. <laughs> I, I would no advise expert. the Bible to incorporate that just strictly because that is a very nice song. Please let me point out before we talk about this that I am no expert. Okay. So well, when me, I say that, I'm saying I, I don't think that's I'm, the case. I'm no biblical scholar. Sure. But I do like my way around a musical. Well, that's fine. And I'm, push I'm, comes I'm, to I'm, shove, I'm, I would karaoke the hell out of that song. Um, but fair enough. So there's only the one time officially that uh, uh, Jesus said, uh, and it was to the tempter slash whoever you want to call them. There's a uh, couple times where he like expresses dismay over people's w- desire to have miracles over um, like listening to him talk about things. Okay, but uh, but he wasn't. Be- like, he he would. And there was the famous my one of my favorite stories. Okay, hit me. The Syrophoenician woman. All right, I don't says, think most people know this off the top of their head. So when she says, um, when she asks Christ to, to um, cure her daughter, and he says, he says something like, uh, "Get out of here, you dog." No, I'm not joking. Uh huh. And then she says, she says something like, "Even, even dogs get table scraps." And he says, "Oh, you got me there. Your daughter's cured." <laughs> I'm not joking. It's the story. I'm paraphrasing it in a big way, of course, but yeah. okay. Well, here's the way I heard because this. To, let me tell you. Okay. First of all, I want to tell you here how I heard oh, sure, this story. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, so the woman goes up to Jesus and says, um, "You know, uh, will you cure my daughter?" Yeah, and he goes, uh, "Get away, you dog!" Yeah, and she goes, "Well, I guess I'm barking up the wrong tree." <laughs> and he enjoyed the joke so much. That's they right. went, "All right, that's basically it." You're hey, she's all right, and then okay. So what? Explain I do that story to me. Well, I do think it's a. A, mo- a big moment in Christ's mission where, oops, sorry everyone, a big moment in Christ's mission where he thought to him, to him he was preaching to the Jews and his message was strictly for them. And I think it's a turning point in that you know, story of mi- the mi- his mission or his, his whatever you want to call it, his, his mission, that um, it was for everyone. It was a message for everyone. And so, yeah, I think that's uh, it's an important moment because there's also the time when the Roman centurion comes to him and asks him to cure his daughter, and he says, uh, he doesn't even go to the house, he just says, your daughter's cured. Mm. And uh, he, says, he says something about his faith, as a, you know, this man, even though this man isn't part of us, isn't a Jew, he sh- he has he has faith in me, your daughter's cured. So, yeah, there, there's uh, interesting, uh, I think that's, a, to me, that's an interesting story. There's a lot of people who don't like that story, and they always, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, uh, our, uh, one of our, one of our, uh, priest was was uh preaching and she said uh 
She says, I would like to take those words away from Christ. <laughs> so, oh, all right. She says, there's a few times in the Bible, I wish Christ hadn't said some this thing. And I this and she said, this one, and then the, what she was preaching on, which I'm sorry, I can't remember now what it was that she was preaching on. But um, there's a few things, yeah, those sort of tricky moments where you're you're like, oh, I am the truth and the way. You know, I bring a sword, those sort of things like that, that you're... But you got to remember this a long time ago. You can't judge them on today's rules. Two, I agree with two, you. 2,000 years ago. Well, it's partly that. And partly, we can't judge him on using terms that would have been common then. Do you know what I mean? Like, it made that might have been like a common way to say something. Mm, all right. Like, it may have had like a harmless sense to I'm it. I'm saying in a semi-joking way, but also real, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. you are. You're, you're right. Because you can't really judge language from a long time ago yeah. because we don't understand the like of complete Times context. Times extreme and harsh. Yeah, yeah. And also what we get are, we, we're getting interpretations that have gone down through different languages. Like, so we're getting Aramaic to Greek, from Greek to Latin, from Latin to the King James Version, which even though the King James Version is inaccurate in lots of different ways, it's still such a important part of our culture that even modern translations of the Bible use elements of the King James Version because they resonate so much with people because of, you know, the fact that it's had such a, a long history in, our, in the English language. So yeah, those are all tricky things to, to remember when it I comes. have a, I have a, by the way, see, we're driving you away with religious talk. <laughs> we'll talk more about the other stuff later on. Uh, but uh, here's a, oh, okay, I want to get back to this sure, in sure. a second. Yeah. But let's talk just quickly about, so your Lent uh, thing is you're, you're off the sugar. Yeah, seven weeks. Which to you, mm -hmm. uh, you're addicted to pixie sticks. I know that. The giant <laughs> pixie sticks. You've always got a couple of those in the back of your don't, truck. Don't forget lickums. Lickums? Yeah. Lickamades? Lickamades, yep. Which are also called dip. To be honest with you, the only thing I like about those is what, the actual that, stick. Dipping sticks. Dip, dipping sticks. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> but what is your what is your sugar of choice? Well, sugar. Sugar. Just, yeah, just but like if you're you're, 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 you're you're not at home like just a big bowl of M and M's <laughs> just chowing down. Yeah, no, I'm not at well. There you go, M and M's. No. Okay, there you are. Because Smarties are better. Oh, very good. Why waste your time on M&Ms when you could have a Smarties? And to clarify, we're talking about... Canadian Smarties. Canadian or European Smarties. Or European Smarties. Difference between uh, an American and Canadian Smartie. Uh, American Smarties are called Rockets here, and they're mm. kind of like a chalky That's right. candy. Uh, and the difference between uh, Canadian and European Smarties are... They wear glasses. That is absolutely right. And they just they seem more intelligent, even though they probably aren't. Uh, but they, the orange ones uh, actually are orange-flavored. Ah, that is a little different. Okay. But okay. one of the things is you cannot drink Coca-Cola, which is normally what you drink during the show. That's right. So you're now enjoying a nice frosty glass of water. Which I do like water. I actually drink quite a bit of water. Okay. Well, you like let drink... me know when you need a refill on that, and we're going to top you up. Okay. I, uh, I just what I drink all day at work, for instance. I just have water for my breaks. Because they give you, you get one of those giant hamster bottles, right? And they just let you just like... <laughs> just like... And... <laughs> After you finish loading, loading a door, you go... Yeah, got to go to the bathroom, go in that pile of wood chips in the corner. <laughs> yep. And the real trick is getting you guys not to eat each other. Well, it's more getting them off the wheel. Mm -hmm. That's where really, you're not getting anything done over there. You think you are. You feel like it. You really do. Yeah. It's, and it's then the one guy who's super fit gets on, yeah. and all of a sudden you're going in circles, and you're like, I'm upside down. How's this helping me work out? It's a work. It's a real guinea pig race. Exactly. Now, okay. Now, here's my, here's, here's my Jesus question. Okay, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sugar's a choice. You're Sugar's a me. choice. Anything cold... Uh -huh. Any kind of cold, sugary things. So popsicles. Okay. Ice cream. Yep. Slurpees. I, okay. Pops. Yeah. They have to be cold. Uh, and then anything gummy. 
gummy-ish. Like a sour, like a sour, a sour gummy or candy. sweet. I don't care. A gummy Anything bear. Anything in the worm family. A Coke bottle. A gummy worm. A bear. Uh, uh, yep, gummy bears are great. Um, gummy sour green. keys. Yeah. Rainbow strips. Sure. Um, You're not a fruit by the foot fella. No, no, I don't want any fruit. You don't like a, <laughs> it's not really fruit. You don't like all. a fruit leather. Uh, no, no, that's well, that's fine. It's so. I mean, Look, there's no judgment. Okay, but it's not hey, really let me throw out this out there. Jello. Mm. What do you think of Jello? Yeah, I'm not a big Jello guy. Okay, that's a cold. Uh, it is cold thing. and sweet, but it's not. It's not sweet enough for me. All right, a pudding, like a chocolate pudding. Mm, not really. Chocolate not for that. you. I rice like, pudding. I like rice pudding. Okay, that's good. That's good stuff. I mean, I don't mind chocolate pudding. We need to go to this my... place in New York that has all the different rice puddings. You would love it. Oh, yeah. So good. Tapioca. And... Oh, I don't know about that bullshit, but it has all these amazing <laughs> rice puddings. Don't <laughs> be right. pulling tapioca out on me. Why do you have tapioca? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, sorry, so sorry, you're yes. doing this till uh, till the end of Lent? Yeah, end of, till beginning of, well, the end of the uh, Lenten fast, which it turns out is not an agreed upon time. I didn't realize this. Until oh, so what is, the, uh, what is the discrepancy? Who's fighting about okay. this? Some people think Wait, it is ends. this one of those Protestant Catholic things that's going to be like people are blowing up cars and shit? <laughs> I hope not. Do we want to get into that? Is that what's happening? Mm. A boom? Yeah. I don't need this? I don't, well, I hope not. You know? I have no, no, no urge to blow anything up over this, but if you want to. I'm uh, going to have a whole bunch of yeah. b- b- movies. Later on, we'll light some firecrackers over it. Okay, sure. Um, All right, so uh, what's the non-agreed upon? So some people think it ends on the fifth week of Lent, okay. Lent, so-called Lent 5. Other people say Palm Sunday. This time it's personal. Other, other people say Palm Sunday. Okay. And then me, I say it ends on Easter Vigil, the night before night before Easter, because in the... Because uh, Christian, a lot of Christian um, festivals follow the Jewish time which is a day ends at uh, sundown. Okay. So, for instance, Saturday ends at sundown. So, af- after sundown on Saturday, that is officially Easter in the Christian calendar. So, that's why you have Easter Vigil on Saturday night. Makes sense. And so, when the sun goes down and the moon comes up, I turn into a baby goo muck. You got it right. I start eating that candy like it's going out of fashion. And that's a cramp song and it's quoted for you. All right. Very good. <laughs> sorry. I was going to go with the song of Mississippi Mud. So, you know, I'm pretty glad that you went with that. I'm sorry. I just... No, my, it's fine. My clang associations... No, please. ...took over my brain. You ever... No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So, when Easter Vigil comes, that's that's when the... And usually we stretch it out because we go to church on, on Saturday night. And so, you know, it's nine o'clock at night or whatever when you're done Easter Vigil. Where well, you got the blaspheming minister who's like going, Jesus was wrong about everything, apparently. What? Which Jesus hadn't oh, said yeah, that. that's right. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay to say those things. It's sure. not blaspheming. Sure. Uh, and then... Now. Um, it's now it's not. Now it's not blaspheming. In the mm. past, it might have been. Yeah, it depends where you were, I guess. Depends yep. what time of period you're in. Yep. And it could even come back again. Who knows? Right. Sure. Just the ultimate, ultimate, uh, ultimate end. Someone pointed at her, said "witch," and that would have been it of our uh, ultimate end of our one hundred percent all or nothing culture we're in right now. That person will be burning each other. Be really fun. We've kind of done that already. But even though, Not yeah, the witch burnings physically. really weren't. There weren't a lot of witch burnings for all that they say. You know, listen, there was a lot of people who were killed, and it's terrible. And it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But the burning aspect was uh, very, very rare. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross and horrible. Yeah. And it didn't and, happen though. There's a very good book by Aldous Huxley called "The Devils of Laudun, Laudun or so. How do you say this French name? Uh, which is about uh, a nunnery that had this hysterical uh, possession happen in it. Like the nuns became convinced that they were possessed by by demons mm-hmm. and were and were just, it's just in a you know you know that kind of thing where it's like a mass hysteria or whatever. And this is it happened in this nunnery. Sure. And this kind of local priest was blamed for it and burned at the stake. 
And it's quite a good book about it, though. Quite a good, quite a great book, actually. Part of, believe it or not, that was written uh, it was written by a person who is an atheist. Uh, it was part of my road to becoming religious. Was reading that book, strangely enough. What? I don't think that was his intention. But no, <laughs> worked no, for me. No, it's fine. Um, uh, this is just you know, this is again my uh, my tangent. Um, sure. One of my. Uh, one of one of one of my traumatic uh, childhood memories. Mm-hmm. I think it was in grade one, and someone brought the. It was all around Halloween time, and someone brought the album Monster Mash uh, oh, yeah. along, and I was like, "Oh, it what was a graveyard image. smash! What a great song that was. We all enjoyed mm-hmm. that." And then they flipped it around. I'm trying to see if I can find the okay. the cover of it. Uh, horror. Let me see. Let me see if I can. Was it a, like a record that had it, it and other other songs oh, on it? Oh, it's so no, no, no. Okay. Other songs would be an interesting. Uh, would be an interesting thing. Uh, I'll, I'll find the yes. Here we go. Uh, Monster Mash, uh, and on the other side, Sounds Bye. of Terror. Oh, really? Was it sound effects? Yeah, it was. It was not sound effects. It was the sound of uh, people being killed in horrible ways. So it'd oh. be like the sound of the guillotine, or, okay. or, or like someone being burned alive, oh, and wow. that kind of stuff. And it's like once again, I'm in a Catholic uh, mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're listening. We're all dancing. We're having a great time to Monster Mash. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you the cover of that. That's a oh, traumatic wow. cover for Sounds me. And yeah, and they, they just started playing it. And I was like, God, a heck with this. And I just took out uh, went into the hallway. <laughs> I just walked down the hallway. And they're like, no, come on. It's fun. It's like, no, it's not. Like, what's wrong with you? And I just had no idea why people would find this fun. I think it was like the start of my like disliking horror. Yeah. Was the, yeah. Everyone was like, this is great. It's good. Yeah. Listen, ah, they're being killed and uh, mm. stabbed. The sounds of stabbing and the sounds of the witches, <laughs> but especially the witch bird. Burning, uh-huh. which is like oh, it was awful it was like the, yeah. you hear the crackling and then they're starting to burn it was like and just thinking like oh it's the legs first yeah so this is a long time now later on you find out well the smoke's gonna make you pass out and you're gonna yeah, that, there you, go. you know but geez it's still a bad time yeah don't do it i'm i'm against it and also don't make kids listen to uh horrific sound effects <laughs> albums of people being murdered especially after having a bouncy poppy tune on so the other what end. if what if you were like walking around halloween getting candy from for sure. people and you came up to a house and they had like speakers outside and they were playing those sounds would would you like run away from that or would you like be in the spirit of of that season i think that was okay i think it was it was just the environment mm. was weird yeah. like you're in a classroom yeah, that does a, feel, it's a classroom where like we're gonna pay attention we're gonna learn yeah and here you go and i don't think that i understood that it wasn't real yeah you know so it was uh, just like, we're, oh, now we're going to listen to a person being murdered. Like, I've got a real strong uh, memory, too, of like uh, going into the church next door. And they had, uh, I guess, like Stations of the Cross that were, were there. And and someone asked, like, uh, what, and what do you think these are for? It's like, oh, uh, these are where uh, you, you burn people. I don't know why I thought that. I just went, this is where they burn people. I don't know why the I thought that. Stations of the Cross. Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. they, it was just like, yeah, you burn people in front of They had like... You know, some little, uh, so there was holes also in the ground, like around around the stations of the cross. And okay. I thought, like, oh, these are these are like pla- places where you tie a person to the, to oh, the stick, and, and you and and you would burn them. That's okay. what you do in this church. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it was very close to <laughs> listening close to, to that. that. that yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I just and and, and they just the looked at me meant. like I was nuts. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. And then they went on to tell me some Bible stories that were horrific, and I'm like, well, what are you talking about? This is t- standard protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question I have that's a Jesus question that, you know, maybe faux blasphemous, but well, we'll see. (laughs) Faux or real blasphemous? You don't need to, you know, it's it's, it's in the... uh, Okay, so uh, you're familiar uh, generally with the idea of the hero's journey. Okay. Are you? Uh, Would you say that, uh, with the exception of like the beginning where it's 
um, you know, uh, well, let me just ask, do you think that Jesus falls in line with the hero's journey? Parts of it do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that does. Do you think that was, that was, that they, they structure things to, to that, that there's a possibility that maybe the people writing the Bible structured it or was like, was this just a standard kind of way of laying things out that people could understand? Yeah, that's possible. And I think that there was a need to connect the story of Christ to the past history of of Judaism. Mm-hmm. So they were look they were taking elements that are already they're taking historical elements and and reflecting them in Christ's story. Yeah, the the I mean the 12 stages are the ordinary world, the call to adventure, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, uh tests, then approach the inmost cave, you know, that's the you Is know, that the, the cross, or what would uh, that be for him? Yeah, well, actually, you know, he, there was a real cave. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't approach it. He's put into it. So I, I You just... know what? This might be Lent, actually. The inmost cave might okay. be Lent. Okay, okay. Uh, then ordeal. That's like uh, a, a dangerous physical test sure. or deep inner crisis. Then the reward. Um, mm. And then the road back, the resurrection, literally the resurrection. And then the return with the elixir. You know, well, then that's you know, depending on on, on your beliefs. I think there's parts that, of it that yeah. that don't fall into. There is that. no, uh, I mean, because like, of I don't the think way... it's a one to one correlation. No, I just because think there's there isn't the call to adventure. There's not a call to adventure. I don't think there's a mentor necessarily. Would you say John the Baptist is to a degree? Well, he gets baptized by John the Baptist. But John the Baptist states that he is greater than than himself, like Christ is greater than him. Isn't that what the mentor normally does? Like a mentor... Is that right? He sends him off from there? I would think like most mentors, yeah. like, I, don't don't go, okay, I'm, I'm going to go Star Wars for no reason. Yeah. But I don't think like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Luke Skywalker, look, never forget, I'm better than you. <laughs> like, you know, it sets the, sets the guy it's, up to go on his journey, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, Merlin and Arthur, you know, of course Merlin's got all the powers, but, you know... I, Merlin can't go and do the thing mm-hmm. that he needs Arthur to do. I think I think that there are elements where I'd have to look at it more closely, but I do think I think there are correlations, and then I think there are subversions of the hero's journey in Christ. Okay, story. I think there's elements of it that were intentionally or just part of this that are important parts of the story that that um, that are subversions of the idea of what the hero was supposed to do. Do you think this podcast follows the hero's journey? Every episode, very good. I wonder it's, what part a, we're on now. The ordeal. <laughs> it's all the ordeal. <laughs> That's right. So much ordeal. Uh, Why do you ask that? Do you do you think like so? If well, okay, well, let's just think of Christ's story. So, so are we okay? So we're accepting like, uh, is there like a fantastical birth? So like a virgin birth. Well, we're starting with the ordinary is that a part world, of the story? and the ordinary world to me is Mary and Joseph, and they've you know car- that's he's a carpenter, she's a she's a that's mom. right. We're seeing we're, we're shepherds. Yeah. You can't he has, get bro- more, he has brothers and sisters. You can't be more ordinary than shepherds, yeah. you know. And there we go. And so, but into this comes the fantastic. Yeah, uh, maybe the call. I don't know if the call to adventure is the uh, is the angel speaking uh, to, to Mary. Uh, does the angel speak directly to Mary, or like uh, I don't I don't remember. I know they he spoke to the shepherds. But speaks, does, who speaks to Mary? Who gives Mary? An the angel news? speaks to Mary. Angel speaks to Joseph. Angel speaks to the. That shepherds. seems to be where the call to adventure is. Then, if there's, I any, don't know if that's a call to adventure though, because a call to adventure should come to Christ. It should, but we don't have anything of Christ's youth, so we don't. Well, we, have, we don't have well, that we element. Have, we do have elements because we have the story of when they, when they, his very careful and apparently carefree parents forgot him for a week, 
at the synagogue when right. they're coming home from vi- after That's visiting the Bible's version of Home Alone. That's right. And then they're like... Donald Trump like uh, points him to the right direction. I guess they thought someone else had him. And they go to that person and go, oh, I just thought maybe, you know, Jesus should come with us with... What? Yeah. I don't have Jesus. And they just yelled, oh, Christ. Oh, no. Yeah. So they had to go back and he was there at the temple teaching. He's like a little <laughs> oh, kid. Good for him. Little kid. There's that yep. story. So I there think, is that little... All right. So there that's, probably, snippets, yeah. that's probably gone. Uh, we don't have we don't have the call to adventure, and, and so Unless we don't. The ha- call to adventure is the when he's baptized by John the Baptist, and he is declared as God's beloved. Whatever the you know, part problem of, it? of that is because it immediately is followed by refusal of the call, and he doesn't refuse it. No, you know, no. That's the thing. He's got to say no, and this mm. seems to be where you you get your Gnostic. Uh, Bible bits, you know, you could probably find some stuff in there For that sure. would all work with that, mm-hmm. where he's like using his superpowers to kill people. He goes all Dark Phoenix, and, uh, you know. <laughs> well, the Gnostic Bible would be more like he uh, has no physical form in the Gnostic Bible because the spirit, the spirit is good and the body is bad. Oh, okay. So the idea was that like Christ would walk, but he wouldn't leave any footprints because he wasn't actually he wasn't actually a human body. He was mm-hmm. just a. Uh, a ghostly Which spirit. made him the best cat burglar <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> no fingerprints either. Pretty That's great. Right. Unfortunately, back then, nothing worth stealing. There's things The worth. only person who had gold? Mm-hmm. Him from the wise men. There was one piece of gold and he had it. <laughs> yeah, the one. Yeah. The pearl beyond price? I still want to know what he spent the gold on. Um, the, the, probably, it probably lasted them pretty well when they had to flee to Egypt. That was probably came in really handy. Mm-hmm. When, they, when Herod went on his murderous rampage and they had to take off for Egypt for a while. Okay, that brings us to meeting the mentor. I think meeting the mentor, I think John the Baptist is the closest thing you get to a mentor to, uh, it's to, true. to Jesus. It's true. Uh, but you know they were... They grew up together, right, as well. So No, I didn't know that. Yeah, because... Um, Again, I know most of this from musicals. In the, yeah, in the story, there was, um, I think it was another Joseph and his wife, and they were quite a bit older, and she was barren. And then she became pregnant, and she, mm. had, uh, she had John, and they knew uh, Joseph and Mary in the story. Okay. As the story goes. So now we're off on the, on the quest. This is the crossing the threshold. So now we're off on the adventure. So this could okay. Be- well, crossing the threshold, I guess, would be his first uh, time in the desert. Then, when he went to like go there and you know contemplate, meditate on what his what he's going, what his future would be. Yeah, this is where the hero commits to the journey, mm-hmm. whatever it may have in store for him. So- that's why I think that's where he met the met the tempter at that time. But I, I don't. Well, like I say, I'm not absolutely okay. certain because it's been a while since I. Uh, read next all comes tests, allies, and enemies. So definitely oh, well, allies. Yeah. Sure, uh, you know, and enemies, his, uh, chums. The and, uh, the uh, the you know who who I mean not the was it the Sadducees you know the 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 mean old uh, religious right <laughs> the right wing religious people of that time period. Oh, who was this? No, tell me tell me more. Oh well, the Jewish authorities, right? Like the yeah. the religious authorities who who opposed. They were against him. They were against him. Yeah, and so they right. tried to. They were, that's why they were the ones asking him questions and trying to trap him all the time and mm-hmm. to making mistakes. You know, should should women should there be divorce or should da da da? You know. So, I'm seeing that as kind of when you're saying that like a little Tom and Jerry cartoon that would be quite funny. <laughs> Just trying to trap him every time and every yeah. time he slips out and he he's always really clever. And there was that one who was like visiting him at night for and talking to him and and get, getting knowledge from him but wouldn't commit entirely because he was afraid of leaving the, the hmm. leaving this How would that story end? Did he, uh, did he eventually uh, turn or Uh well I think that he's one of the people that helped um pay for Christ's uh, burial and stuff like that. So he did okay. help. Okay. 
Well, good, good on him at the end. So he did coming, coming com- back. They kind of commit to the to. Uh, okay, so uh, now we're approached to the inmost cave. Okay, that may. I mean, re- you may be right. That could be the things. second. That yeah. could be the second time in the desert. What I think of the second time. I mean, I, this I, is where doubts and fears surface, and that's what definitely the. Okay, or, or that could be the Garden of Gethsemane, where he was faced with the knowledge that he was going to die, and he says, "Remember, he says, to ask God to take this cup from my hand.'" Okay, you got to tell me this one. Go for it. Oh, and the, after the, the last dinner, after it's the last supper. It's been a long time since I've read this. Okay. <laughs> so after the last supper, yep. and he asked all the disciples to stay with him and, and keep watch through the night with him. Mm-hmm. They're like, of course we will. We love you. You're the best. And they all fall asleep. And so then he's by himself in the garden and just con- and he knows what his fate is going to be. Right. And he, so he's kind of prays to God and cries and says, please take this cup from my hand. I don't want to die, you know. And then he kind of has to come to grips with the reality of what's going to happen to him. And then uh, Judas comes with the with the uh, Roman authorities, and that, then there's that sequence of the story. But I think that would be the to me that would be like the the dark cave or whatever, like the before the ordeal. Okay. So the next one is uh, the reward. That's the seizing the sword. Um, I don't so, think there's any <laughs> seizing of swords. In, well, in this story. is what they say here: is like after defeating the enemy or surviving death, and finally overcoming his greatest. But where's the ordeal? Challenge. Where's the ordeal? Oh, we, have we not done the ordeal? No. Oh well, let's do the ordeal. The ordeal. So where does the course, ordeal come? Does that come before the dark cave? Or uh, after no, the dark it's cave? Uh, approach the inmost cave, then okay. the ordeal. So that would be uh, sure, crucifixion. That's the crucifixion. Yeah. Right. yeah for okay. Sure. So goes without saying. Yeah. Only only through some form of death can the hero be, be reborn. Literally in in, mm-hmm. in this sure. story. Sure. Um, so then we're going to reward that seizing seizing the sword. They say mm-hmm. surviving death, finally overcoming his greatest personal challenge. Survives death. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We we got that. Then we're on the road back, and uh, this is a reverse echo of the call to adventure. Uh, so now I must return home uh, with his reward, but this time the anticipation of danger is placed with that of a claim and perhaps a vindication. So would you say I wouldn't, wouldn't separate Thomas had, I mean, a, had right. to poke the wound? Well, but all of them, like when Christ returned, he was not recognizable to the disciples, right? That all of them had this experience. He of, was wearing that new hat. <laughs> that's the problem. They're like he never wore a hat like that before. Why is he wearing make make Israel great again? Why is he wearing this hat? Uh, so no, there's a story of like him walk to walking to a map. Ma- a Maoist or a Maoist, or however you want to say it, and uh, with the disciples, and they're like walking with this guy, and they're all like talking to him, and then he said, "Okay, well, take care, and bye." And then he walked away, and then they're walking along for a bit longer, and they went, "Wait a second, that was Jesus." Once again, I picture them just walking around like Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was like, what did you think it was? This is a very early beginning. Who did you want to? Who did popular... you want to say it was? I don't know. I want to. I want to say. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and then they're sitting in the room. Yeah. And that's the only time they recognize him is when he comes in, when he's, they're in a room together, they're in a locked room and he walks, he just walks in. I don't know if he walks through the wall or what, how the story goes, but he just enters and they're all like, Whoop. once again, they're just, Jesus Christ. And he goes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's various stories that time, from the time, and so I don't think there is like a road back part of it. It isn't really. Okay. Well, I mean, literally he is going back. You know he's uh, he's 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 risen. He's going yeah, back there's to no real, the like, mortal world. I guess that's a vindication that he's standing there and he's alive and he's like, "Hey, death's no big deal. Right? Get over yourselves." Now, what I wanted to say and I couldn't remember the name of it was like, and the, people are walking away and they go, "Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was Jesus. Who did you think it was? That was the guy from Person of Interest. I know that's who I thought it was too." Anyway, Jim Casafield. Yeah, there you go. 
Because <laughs> he played both parts, yeah. and that was that. that's, that's where I want. There you go. I also want to mention because I know you like the, the show. I do like Person of Interest. That would go in my in my uh, shows with good endings. All TV right, shows that ended well. Well, we can get can get to that in a bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've done the resurrection, and uh, oh, we well, resurrection is the resurrection. Yeah, um, and then return with the elixir. So return with the elixir. <sighs> so I mean, that is. You know, you return and go like, hey, I died for your sins. How's that? Pretty good. You get immortal. You get eternal life now. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good elixir. Here's the thing. You're welcome. Enjoy. Okay. No, it's all right. Does that what he promises? I don't, I'd have to, I have to look at that again. You don't think he comes back and says, I know he comes back. You got, you've now, you know, the kingdom of heavens is yours. You can, yeah, that's here now. You couldn't do it before. There's no, there's no out there that's right here. You're standing oh, okay. in it. You're standing in the kingdom of heaven, right? This very minute. All right. So you're not, you a, are standing. You are the, not of the, uh, you're not of the belief or your faith is not of the belief that, uh, Jesus had to die so that you, your immortal soul could, uh, go to the afterlife and then enter the no. kingdom of heaven. As, and I'm cruel. not just making that shit up. <laughs> no, I know. That's, uh, that's a pretty popular thing that some people have, sure. like, you know, uh, sure. taken very seriously. So, okay. Sure, sure. All right. But don't forget that that idea came about halfway through the history of the church. When it came, so, it, it stuck. That, uh, that, yeah. that I mean, got, that's does, a bit of popcorn that got the back become, of the teeth. It does become, did not leave. It does become part of the language of the early church because a lot of uh, Roman citizens who had been part of mystery cults became Christians. Mm-hmm. And they took elements of that and, and applied it to their, like, thinking of how Christianity worked. And in those, and mystery cults were uh, used re- rebirth stories, but they had sacrifice involved. So you'd have like a bull, let's say. Right. And you would sacrifice the bull. And the idea is that the bull would be reborn in some way. Uh, not literally, of course, because you've chopped it up. But um, yeah. It's a rough, rough day for the bull. Rough day for the bull. And uh, Basically, if you're a bull mm-hmm. and you show up somewhere yep. and there's an audience, okay. it's a bad day for you. It's not Nothing good is going to happen to you if there's a crowd. Mm-hmm. You go, that's a lot of people. I like people. Ah, fuck me. I'm the bull. Uh, I get it. I get how this goes. Shit. Sure. And then he turns to the horse and go, huh? And the horse goes, no, I'm fine. Yeah. If a bunch of people are surrounding me. I have some uses. Me, that's right. If I'm sur- a bunch of people are surrounding me and cheering, yeah. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Some guy's going to do something and mm-hmm. do his thing. Maybe a guy on top of me is going to like have that's a lance. Right. It'll be fine. But, you know, bull. Yeah. Sorry, man. If maybe the bull is theologically aware, though, and goes, listen, this is your Palm Sunday. Next week, you're fucked. Ah, there you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I was listening to a show, and one of the guys was talking. They brought up the idea of the lamb and blah blah blah. And, and the person said, and he said, uh, he says, yeah. He says, there's. He says the uh, lamb theology is problematical. And I thought that's funny. I've never thought of it that way before. But that, right. the idea of using the lamb imagery to describe Christ is problematical because because it's limits how you see christ and it makes it it puts it it puts it into a box you know what i mean so as soon as you put things into boxes then you create limits for how you understand it but don't you need and to have to some sort of box of at first to get people to understand because if you present an idea that is so vast yeah that's that's why it's problematical because it's hard to do it without without it yeah. but then it also creates a problem of I've got. Uh, let me say this. I've got a. I've got a thing, and it's uh, called glogalism. All right. And ask me, okay. Dave. Ask me. What's glogalism? What's glogalism? <laughs> what isn't it? <laughs> okay. See, that's the problem. <laughs> there you go. Now I need to. And they say, well, sure. Dave, picture a lamb. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I got it. Yeah. Now I can go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it's problematical in other ways though too, because for us, lambs don't have the same meaning they had to to first century Jews. 
right? Like if I said... So what I, did a lamb mean back then? Great value. Okay. Super important. All right. You know, like something that you you needed to look after with great care. Wool, because it was everything to you. Yeah. It was your life in on four legs. It was food. It was clothing. It was everything that you needed. You know, it was... it. So it was... You know, so when you're described as a lamb, you're not just described, it's not that you're like a little fluffy white thing that trots around behind its mum. No, no, you're a thing of great value that's super important. But for us in our time period, when someone describes someone as the lamb, we're thinking, well, I guess he's a fluffy little guy running around after his mum. Mm-hmm. We don't think oh, something of great value that was super important that was like the the key to this whole culture of that time period, you know. So um, let, me, let me ask you this then. Is there another problem with that is it separates... Uh, Jesus then from uh, people? Is that a problem? Because it makes uh, Jesus a different thing than a person. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas yeah. the whole thing, you know, are, are you The idea more... of the incarnation is that he is one of us, That's not that he's different from us. Yeah, yeah exactly right. How would you describe uh, Jesus? Oh, okay. You see that guy next to you? Yeah. There you go. That's right. Like that guy. That yeah. would be, uh, you know. Tell me something that Jesus did. Uh, took a dump. Holy it's shit. Hard. That's right, but it's hard to imagine, right? Because we create this idea in our mind of someone so perfect that Jesus would never fart. But he was a human being, so he had to. He ate, so he, ipso facto, he did all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's... Uh, I mean, again, when I was a kid, I always wondered what made Jesus laugh. Because, mm. like, could you imagine if there was no laugh, laugh. laughter and you're in a group? First of all, you're in a group of yeah. guys. There's going to be some jokes. And there's sure. going to be a lot of jokes that you tell and go, like, ooh, you look over at Jesus. And like, should we have told mm. that joke? Mm. Um, what do you, what'd you, what'd you joke about? And, but it's tough because there's none of that in the Bible. You don't have any jokes, mm-hmm. you know, that would that would be in or there. Jokes or joke, uh, jokes in there are kind of so... Like they're like wordplay or something like that. That's kind of based around like Peter, Petra, stuff like that, right? Where it's that's a bit of a joke, right? Where he describes Peter as the rock because okay. Peter's name is Rock. Oh, okay, I didn't and know that, that. The rock the church is built yeah, on, right? Peter so, the Rock Johnson. Peter the Rock. John- that's right. And so that's a joke, right? Like the idea of I have your never name. heard that as told you, as a joke. Listen, I appreciate everything that you're saying here, where you present it to me and go, well, Disogenes, of course. <laughs> And I'm saying the third. You know I don't mean the fourth. Ian knows because, you know, okay, it's like, all right, I just listen. assume that's a common... Look, I've read, the... okay, I read the Bible twice uh, being forced to mm. uh, when I, well, once, must once I it. wanted to. Oh, boy, as a kid, what what a page turner. Um, and then once as a teenager, yeah. oh, you know, listen, I got masturbating to do. I don't need this. <laughs> I got I got a lot I got a lot to take care of right now. You can do both. According to Chester Brown, there's a lot of uh, yeah, prostitution. That's true. We're not all yeah. And that's fine and that creates great art and good for that and, and here's your grant. Um enjoy. That's enjoy. Right. But I don't remember a lot of the details and especially the names. But mm-hmm. to be fair, I've read most of Shakespeare's plays. And if you were to ask me something about Titus Andronicus, there's yeah. a lot of blood. Yeah. Remember that it's much? True. Much to do about nothing. What was it yeah. about? Literally, I could not tell you. Mm-hmm. Literally, the title is to me what it was about. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I could probably remember the Tempest. Sure, and I can remember some of the catchier stories in the Bible. You remember how cute the shrew was? This is little thing, such yeah. a cute little creature. I until you had to tame it later, <laughs> and then it became a lady. What a crazy what? story! <laughs> Crazier than a Bible story. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, it's funny. You're right. Like the what people remember, like what people, what was important to people is what they remembered and what they wrote down, or what they got corrected on, or what people or what said, they no, got no, no, sternly, don't you remember, sternly corrected on? Don't you remember when 
It could be that. That uh, is not what Immaculate Conception is. It is not that. It is this. Mm. I'm like, okay, fine. You're, you, Lock yeah. that away so I don't have to have this talk again. Sure. But once again, that's that's those are later developments. I don't think I think the early church was much more loosey goosey than that. <laughs> like I think the past was just more loosey goosey. It could, They're just figuring stuff out. Everything's exactly new. right. I mean, the people were. And starting, I think everything was brown. I people think were was starting brown little back churches. Too. Yeah. And I mean, we have Paul. Paul's letters to remember him by, but he wasn't the only one who's going around like trying to like put out fires here and there and and keep things moving, like keep everyone together and on the same page, mm-hmm. you know. Like there are like there are other people who are traveling from place to place and starting communities. I mean, but then they, have, they would go, you know, they'd leave them and then they'd go somewhere else. And so these people would be like, I don't know, he said something about something about a lamb, something about you know a dinner. Yeah. So I guess we should get together for lamb dinners. Is that what it's about? I like the idea that uh, you know he's doing the Peter. You're uh, you're you're the rock, and everyone goes, "Ah, that's pretty good." And then, <laughs> and then you get like someone like Thomas going, "Hey, do me. What am I? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Uh, uh, you're that Tomcat. No, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Okay, all right. He does everybody. He does everybody. All right, come in here. Oh man, the pressure. Listen, I got to get going. Maybe that's why the there's those two brothers called like the Sons of Thunder or whatever. Like their names is also like a play on their their names. So. I think that to the disciples if camera their names if what I know about um the past uh the first thing that gets cut are the jokes so if there were any jokes well, those would get mm. trimmed right fast and uh, and kicked it's out. not just the joke it's the but also the fact that they that jokes go away like they don't make sense over time right like mm. something that doesn't... unless you're unless, unless you're the Greek play the frogs and it's all fart jokes, and it still works. <laughs> still works. Yeah, some things, I guess, have that reached that time. But I think in many cases, like a lot of, most, like so many jokes are so of their time. Like, so the context is strictly sure. in that time period, you know. Like, you could take, you gave me a Mad Magazine. You could take this Mad Magazine mm-hmm. and mail it to the future. Okay. And then people are going to look at it like, I don't what? think you need to mail it to the future. I think it will travel to the future on its own. I'm just saying that, that is like, the way things work. I want work. it to happen faster than that. I'm going to mail it to the future. Mm, I think the future happens as fast as the future happens, but okay, go ahead. No, I'm going to speed it up. So I'm going to mail it to the future All into right. a couple hundred years or 500 years into the future. Yes. And a lot of it's going to be completely incomprehensible. True. And they're going to be like, what is going on here? Though I do see some Shakespeare plays mm-hmm. and some are comedies yep. and they get laughs. Yep. Parts of them do and parts of them don't. That's true. But then some things parts- work. And you know what always works? The physical humor works. Like the the play within a play in in uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Always gets good laughs because it, you can put business into it mm-hmm. that makes may, adds to the the... You know, like the situations are funny, obviously, but you can also People do like add... seeing the comeuppance of the servant getting one over on the master. Mm-hmm. They like sure. a status change. If they can understand that that's what's happening, then they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but it it's true that there's lots of like, you know, like when you read Macbeth and there's the night, the night guardsman speech. Mm-hmm. That... It's pretty, you can get pretty good laughs for that. Really? Oh, let me tell it's you. It's torture to read. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I will say different. Okay. Um, we had a, I forget her name, but I forget my English teacher's name, but she had us read, uh, you know, the plays out loud. Miss Friesen? And I got, uh, what's Miss Friesen? And I got some pretty good laughs with uh, with reading uh, with reading that speech. And also... <laughs> uh, well, you did a good job then. Thanks. But no, that just felt like the beats were there. Was no, that, you're right. That was not a hard one, right. actually. And there's some good laughs in Hamlet as well, when he's pl- pretending to be crazy. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get some. You can get some yeah. good bits out but of it. But once again, the there's no. It's not the wordplay that's making you laugh. It's the situation that's that's. that's Did you ever you... see the SCTV sketch that was like yes. Shakespeare's greatest jokes? 
Hmm. Do you know what I'm talking I'm about? I'm sure he did. I don't remember. It was it. Dave Thomas and Joe Flaherty. Okay. And it was like, you know, it's all of Shakespeare's greatest jokes. And they would just read the jokes. And they were long and wordy and like had no relevance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> and just kind of like, they would just react like, still funny. <laughs> still great. I'll try and find the, uh, I'll try and find the clip sure, and we'll, sure. we'll try and put that up. Um, but yeah, you're right. Some stuff, of course, goes out and some stuff Stays, comes back. Yeah. And then some stuff goes out and comes back again yeah. because the thing you're going through now, oh, that seems relevant mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying the king's a crook. Mm. Well, that feels <laughs> that feels about right now. You know, in the past, maybe that doesn't, you know, the, sure. what are you talking about? That may have been offensive if you're mm-hmm. if you're describing your your presidency as the as Camelot, that might feel offensive. Mm-hmm. But if it's uh if you're not describing it as Camelot, if you're describing it as Spamalot, then it doesn't feel as You know what's a weird thing is I have not, in all the, now again, the Mad Magazine that you've got there does contain a story about Trump that I wrote uh, that also involves Mary Mary Poppins um, and yes. and uh, visiting, visiting said Trump. Um, it's, it's weird. I've never heard anyone do, and may, I'm sure someone must have, but I, I, it's weird that I've never heard it, someone comparing what's going on with Trump to uh, Camelot. You know what is the equivalent? Like you mm. could say spam a lot, like does make make sense. Okay, you know that's a way to go. But like, yeah, well, scam a lot. I mean, you can, you can, cheap, <laughs> you can do cheap. man. I think that's the one. Listen, I'm just going to pitch that <laughs> and sent. Send Everyone, that. shut up. That's mine. Send that just up. sold it. There, it's done. It's all sold. Shut up. Leave me alone. I've got to make money. I still got tax problems. <laughs> <laughs> I got to render under Caesar what is Caesar's, buddy. That's I tell you that. That's much. right. That one of the great one of the great jokes of the Bible, right there. There you go. Was oh, that a good joke? I think it is a good joke because someone someone tries to trap him once again yeah. into you know getting in trouble with the Roman authorities and going like, hey, what about uh, paying paying the Romans, uh, giving them money, like paying taxes? What you shouldn't do that, right? Because you're you know if you're a Jew and you you you, you think you're so great and so special and you you want to be a rebel, yeah. and he's like. Give the Romans what belongs to them. Yeah. So whose uh, face is on the coin? Caesar's. Well, then give him his coin back. Yep. That's his face. Go. That's exactly That's pretty right. good. Pretty good bit. That's a good bit. And then he goes like, so what else is in the news? And he went, ah, this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> huh? Huh? Oh, same. You couldn't dress up for the show. I'm just kidding. You're fine. You're great. Hey, what happened to this table over here? Computer dates screw up. You'll understand that in the future. What's going on? What's going on? Oh. Right. Look at this guy over here. Typical Syrophoenician. Am I right? Am I right, everyone? Yeah. Hey, so we got any Samaritans here? No, he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. You know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you a story later. You'll understand it. Okay, so anyway. That's right. It's been great playing the mount. Poor Samarians. <laughs> and please who were, who were Who were in all, in all every way but being considered such Jews? Samaritans? Samaritans, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just had separated because of political things, like regional problems, and they kind of went off in their own kind of development. But they were, in most ways, very similar to each other, but the Jews hated them. Oh, that's how you get the most hate. Yeah, that's exactly right. The most hate... They insisted on opening their egg on this end when we open our egg on this end. Absolutely. And this is a real Catholic-Protestant type thing where everyone else (laughs) just goes, I do not see the difference. (laughs) I do not see the difference. They worship Zeus. We worship Jupiter. How dare you? <laughs> I don't see. Well, it's more like we we worship Zeus. They worship Zeus. 
Yeah, that is true. And again, I am kind of now the Samaritan of my family because, you know, again, my mother-in-law is so anti-Swedish and just got, as I said, (laughs) the DNA results back and I'm 2% Swedish, which she can never know. Mm. And so the only place I can talk about it is on a podcast, which will never be listened to by any family members. This is the place to state all family business. (laughs) That's good. I don't have that. uh, I mean, I have that with my mom and dad. Of course, they'll never... Ever. No, you've got people million from years. your family like appearing on your podcast. Commenting got, like, on the podcast. Commenting on the podcast, <laughs> reviewing the podcast. Which is great, which I love. Giving suggestions for the podcast. It's, I love it. No, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I am I am not against it. Um, <laughs> speaking of said uh, podcast, uh, let's uh, let's plug your other podcast, your sidecast. Oh, sure. Your, uh, your, let's and do while, that. While, while we do that, I'm going to get you another glass of water. Oh, okay. Right. Well, everyone, just so you know, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone knows and I'm sick of hearing about this, but... My daughter Mary and I are doing another podcast called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. And what we're doing is going through a bunch of mixtapes that I made for listeners a few years ago. We're playing the songs, we're talking about the songs and little stories about the bands who did these songs. And it's been a lot of fun. Mary and I are really enjoying it. And uh, a new one will be coming out on this Wednesday. So please tune in and make sure that you make a comment and let me know what songs you liked or didn't like, because I really enjoy when people write in and tell me what they liked and didn't like. That's my and, favorite part between the shows. And Dave now. and I are now talking about doing another uh, sidecast. Yes. Um, so, which, you know, sounds good. I've just got to make the time. This is the thing. Yeah. Time is money, and the tax man is a nippin'. <laughs> and so I just got to make sure we got the time. Sure. So it may well, not be a, you know, uh, every two weeks thing. It may be a more, we'll figure it out. We'll figure more out a amorphous? way to make it work. We'll figure out a way to make it work. We'll make it work. But we'll uh, we'll do that and we'll pass the Thank you for the water, by you. the way. Oh, absolutely. And now just a couple other quick plugs. Hey, do you like, uh, we talked about Mad Magazine. Yeah. Why not buy one? Sure. Read it. So Take it to magazine. your home. Uh, and if you do, uh, you will this month uh, find a story that I did uh, with the amazing Tom Richmond, a fantastic artist. Look at look at Dave's looking at it. Can you look at that splash page? It's amazing. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, which is Mary Poopins goes to the White House. Yes, I'm a grown man. <laughs> Why do you ask? Um, but in future issues, uh, both me and my wife uh, Pia Guerra, the fantastic artist, uh, will be having a regular two-page spread, uh, which I can't tell you any more about but we're going to have that in every issue coming up so uh pick that up if you can uh and hey dave and i do a book together that's uh now us going to be a series of books uh called sparks and it's uh, out of scholastics graphics line nina matsumoto does the art i write uh dave colors beautiful colors and uh, it's about uh, two cats that dress up as a dog and uh, and, tr- and save people because mm. people don't take cats seriously as they sure heroes, don't. and they and they do. And we just had a really sweet thing out of London. Oh yes, that was for amazing. International Book Day, mm. uh, where some kids made a, a, a full Sparks outfit. Yes, that they got into. There are two of them, as if it was a pantomime horse costume. Oh, it's so great. That's yeah, great. And and they're from London, so you know they were speaking with a British accent, and it was so beautiful. That's right. Hello, hello. That's a British accent. Right? Hound, James Hound. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bach. James Bark. Would that be better? <laughs> no, nah, I got know. nothing. This hound sounded kind of like Bond. That's all I was going for. And if you're like, hey, I don't like reading things in English, it just came out in French. It's called Zap. 
Zoot. Yep. Zootalor. Come see, come saw. Uh, and you can, get, you can get that at a place that sells French books or oh. on Amazon.ca in Canada mm-hmm. or uh, French Amazon. Actually, regular Amazon in uh, the States. Um, not quite yet, right? Amazon. Oh, France. FR France is not... will probably have it. Listen. Just wait three days or something. It's oh, is that what it is? It's pretty close. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, cool. Uh, but you can get it in Canada now. You can get it in America, uh, ordering it online. Uh, and yeah, but it is in oh, stores man. in Canada now. I still want to like check it out on Amazon, Amazon.fr and see if there's reviews of it there. Oh, oui. Ah, oui. Oh, très bon. Um, so yeah, so that's <laughs> going on. And also uh, my my book, uh, Extra Sisters, just had its uh, fifth issue. Do that with Giselle Legacy. Uh, two sisters will save your soul. Uh, we're just talking about soul-related things. If you're, uh, you know, <laughs> if you accidentally man. sell it to the devil or the tempter or mm. the serpent, or they have many, many names. Yep. Uh, you know why? Because they've got student loan debt. They're on the run. <laughs> they can't. They got credit problems. Is that what it you is? know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so they they have a lot of different names. Yeah. And uh, that's how it goes. But they will uh, help you out in that case. So you can oh, buy it in sense. comic form, or if you wait till uh, April twenty uh, fourth, it's available in bookstores in a trade paperback. Cool. Yeah. So uh, so that's what's uh, going on. There you go. In terms of uh, plugaroonies. Do we? Do we? Say what the name of the the next sidecast is going to be, or just leave it for. If you want to, go for it. It's your, it's your, yeah, sure, go. I, I like spoiling things, so this is appropriate. <laughs> go. Well, we're going to. It's co- interesting that you're saying this when the seeing what the name of this is. Well, you know what? While you say this, I'm going to look up if any other podcasts are called this. Oh, okay. And and then we'll see how many are, and then we're going to have to find the twist on it. Yeah. So yeah. go for it. Uh, well, we were thinking. About, I guess now we're just thinking about calling it. We're going to call it Spoiler Space, and the idea is that it's going to be. Uh, a show where Ian and I can discuss a movie in complete detail without any fear of stepping on any people who haven't seen its toes. And I'm actually look, really looking forward to this because I think it's quite fun to do in-depth autopsies of movies with uh, with Ian. Yeah, do a little bit of a deep dive, maybe yeah. say what we uh, arrogantly say how we'd fix said movie, <laughs> which is what I usually like doing. I like to do that too. I think uh, even movies that I love, I sometimes, you know, there's, there's going to be elements in them that I would change if I could. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we should start doing it right away. Okay. But sure. Up to sure. You. So, up to uh, you. sure. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> uh, I'm sure that there are, there are podcasts called, called this. There's, there's a. Did I, did I say the name of it? I can't remember. Now. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you did. Okay. All right. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me look. This I can't up remember what now. I said. All right. I was in. I was deep in. Pitch anyway, it's mode. called spoiler space, but we may have to put something in front of it, like uh, Dave and Ian spoiler space or sneaky spoiler space or some. Yeah. yeah. Some. Clever, oh, is, it, is there one that's called it? Probably. I can't think. I don't think so. How could that not be a name I don't of a think thing? So. I don't think so. Mm, You're searching iTunes. Probably. Uh, yeah, but I can't figure it out. There's one called spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. Spoiler space is great. So there you go, everyone. We're going to call it that. And there. when we run into movies to talk about, we'll, we'll uh, I don't know what we'll talk about. All right. Now, when we started the podcast, we said we're not going to have segments. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> did, we, and, and, and did we do that? Did we have an intention? We're, we're we, not gonna we have do. never intended anything in this show You know what? Lives. I think we did, actually. Let me tell you one thing oh. that I did intend when we started. Was, okay. Uh, we, we looked at other, especially local podcasts, mm-hmm. and, and, and said we don't want to do what they're doing. We'll do whatever we're doing, okay. but we don't want to do what they're doing. Yeah, and there was a lot of structure to yeah. their, their podcast. Okay. There was a lot of it goes from this to this to yeah. this to this, yeah. which is fine, works for them. And yeah. that's why they're much more successful than us. Sure. They made the right choice, in quotes, <laughs> the correct one, the yes. profitable one. They made the profitable I don't think it's the right choice, but they made the profitable choice. Oh, there we go. 
As someone who gets deeply bored of that sort of thing, I don't don't enjoy it. Fair enough. But we said we weren't going to have segments on the show. We have had segments, but we tend to let them go for a while, and then we them. And then we send them away. Get rid of them. So we've just had our segment called uh, The Plugs. And, <laughs> That's uh, not a segment. And we, uh, you know... Uh, we we had our uh, we had our God talk. We don't normally have God talk. Um, religion sometimes shows up, uh, but but uh, <laughs> we've been doing a question of the week, and it's been uh, it's been quite fun. Uh, I've been enjoying your response it. Yes. To things. Yeah. Been so it. Uh, last week's question, we we covered a little bit of uh, you know the 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 best endings to uh, to to TV shows. Yes. And do you think we've covered that ground enough or where 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 are we at now? Where what should we Well, cover? let's let's discuss some of the uh, let's discuss some of the responses that were okay. sent to us on I, I, on the web. Okay. And I can start. Please. I'm going to start with uh, a Twitter response. Ah, all right. How does that? How does oh, that, well, that is a shock to up? me. Okay. <laughs> is it shocking? I'm sorry I mean to oh, huh. did not mean to shock you. This was a tweet from listener Mary Hook and Mary wrote to say the TV show that ended the worst was Queer as Folk, which I'm sorry, I've not seen that show. Did you ever watch Queer as Folk? Uh, I have not watched it. Well, off and on, I would, I would uh, on a plane, mm. I would watch it. There's two versions. There's a British version? Yeah, there's a British version and a non-British version. Why would you watch a non-British thing if you have a British odd. option? Well, especially since the idiom queer as folk or as folk is yeah. is a British is a Britishism. Listen, there it seems is, weird that you we could go that. down this rabbit hole of of shows that have titles that are British puns that do not work <laughs> in the states. Yeah, how about Sean the Sheep? Yeah, there you does go, that then. make any sense no, to you? It doesn't. Of course, it doesn't. Let's but Shorn, yeah, the sheep, you shore a shorn mm-hmm. sheep to get the get the wool off, and that's uh, that's Sean the Sean the Sheep's deal. But we say it wrong, and so it makes no sense. Ended the best. Okay. And this is one that I, I'm kicking myself for not thinking of when we were talking, was uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. Mm. I also think Twin Peaks, the series ended, had a great ending as well. With, yeah, with really pulled out that second season uh, For sure it did. That, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I rewatched it a little while ago, and I didn't think the second season wasn't as terrible as I remembered it, to be honest with you. There were parts of it that were a little languorous. Here was a weird... But, okay, go ahead. But, you know, just in retrospect, like watching it and after thinking it for many years that it was a garbage dump, to watch it again, I was kind of like, this is not as terrible. I mean, it's obviously not as good as the first season in no way, but it's uh, it's not as terrible as I remember. It was a broad it. stroke thing that happened to them that I don't, obviously, you, you make your own theories, mm-hmm. you, you have your own fun, and this, yeah. is what I, this is what I do with it. Yeah. In the first season, uh, they would occasionally cut to a soap opera that was playing in the background. And I forget yes. what the name of the soap opera was, mm-hmm. but the soap opera would be playing in the background. It would have an outrageous plot line mm-hmm. with murder and twists and yes, turns. Yes, it's one of Shelley's favorite shows. She would often right, be she'd watching love it. Yeah. And, then, and then we stopped seeing that. Yeah. But then the show became that. And it felt like there was something about that where like the show became what the soap opera was, so mm-hmm. you couldn't show the soap opera anymore. Okay. And then by the time you got to the end, uh, final episode, David Lynch took it over again yeah. and just made it bananas. And uh, it all worked and it was great. And this is exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. But you kind of want to forget all, flush away all the uh, all the soap opera business. Even so, Kyle MacLachlan still was charming as heck. There were still elements that were great. Yeah. But it... It became something that it wasn't. It became almost a parody of, of, yeah, of what it was. It became was. too linear, and it kind of lost its, uh, its... Yeah. its. But, I mean, it's still... In that season, it still had, like, Josie becoming a, a piece of furniture. Right. Which, I don't think the effect was the best, but was, it was, but a, it was an interesting, such a bizarre It's such a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre thing to happen. Yeah. And that, you know, like... So, I, those things are, are pretty good. So, yeah. I think it was... 
there's a few there's a few things that were wrong with it. I mean, the, op- the opening episode of that season was great too. The second season that, mm-hmm. that was great too with with uh, Agent Cooper having been shot at the end of the first mm-hmm. season. It's a great cliffhanger. And the second season opens with him just laying on the floor. And they delay it so much. And they delay it so long. So long. We get the appearance of the giant. We get the old the old uh, bellboy coming in to yep. deliver some milk. Who doesn't do anything? Just leaves the game. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's very well done. There are uh, and part of the storyline that they were developing, uh, Kyle McLaughlin put the kibosh on, and that was him and Audrey as a romantic pairing. He didn't want to do that. Good. And so, well, I didn't think it was terrible. I think it would have been better if they had just left it with her, like chasing after him and him being like completely romanticless, like with anyone. I would have preferred his character to kind of mm. remain above the town and not have him fall in love with with the character, um, the Norma's sister that comes. Later in the season, who then completely disappeared from the from the from the uh, timeline. In the if you read the books, she doesn't Somet- exist. Yeah, sometimes she sometimes she's there, sometimes she isn't. Yeah, it's weird. In the but in the in the return, she's mentioned. Is she mentioned in the return? Yeah. Oh, because if you read, um, yeah, the Twin Peaks, like the kind of encyclopedia yeah. of the town, she's not mentioned at all in any way. Yeah, it's weird. Not even yeah. in like the There's discrepancies that are intentional. Yes. Okay. Okay. I thought it was just part of. Yeah, I thought it was part of the changing timeline of the. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, makes sense. Uh, I can't remember that character's name or the beautiful actor actress who played. Right, of course. You, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've had the same problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's her. She's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yes, she's in everything. Oh, I gotta look this up. <laughs> she was she was Roller Girl in Boogie Night. She was like a Roller Girl. She was really good in. Um, I know you're all screaming at us. She's really good in Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah. Anyway, she's also good in The Hangover as a role there. All right, as the uh, bride of the of the of Ed Helms character. Right. She's of course played by Heather Graham. There you go. Nice, nice, nice yeah. one. Uh, and she's also in um, Firewalk with Me, very briefly. Yeah, but the you, you're right. It does. Uh, it ends in a frustrating, great, interesting way. The twentieth the return. Here's the funny thing to me, like. I guess because Eve did And again, we're not super spoiler spoilery, but so we won't exactly say what happens. But I guess because Eve didn't live like through the timeline of, of Twin Peaks, like the original timeline, which is to watch the show, have it end on that frustrating but great ending. Mm-hmm. Then hear that there's going to be a movie coming out of it. And you're like, finally, they're going to answer the question of what happened. This is going to be great. This is going to be so fantastic. No, it's a prequel. What the fuck? And that was so frustrating. And Eve never went through that. So... When the return ended, for me, I just laughed. I was so pleased by it. I just <laughs> loved that it ended again. Just the same way, the same way that well, who I mentioned last week, Frank Stockton, the author, took uh, you know never what he was when he was uh, asked to do a sequel to the Lady and the Tiger, merely responded with a completely different puzzling story that gave no answer. Yeah. I just loved it so much. But Eve literally fell to the floor, face first. <laughs> Just like fell to the floor out of her chair, just like just like in like frustrated agony that it didn't solve anything or give you any resolution of any uh, understandable resolution of anything. So here's a, I thought it was brilliant. Let me but. let me just tell you this. I don't. You sure. probably don't follow Kyle McLaughlin on Twitter. I do not. And why right. why would you? And so well, if you if you do if so so if you have not seen. Um, the final episode. This will not mean much to you. Okay. And if you have, this is an interesting hint as to something, okay. something. Okay. So uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, is writing to Kyle McLaughlin on Twitter. The saying, director of RoboCop. There we go. Starship Troopers. Um, saying, happy Twin Peaks. Is that the same one? Maybe it's a different guy. 
Uh, no, different guy. Okay, Paul sorry. F. Verhoeven. Oh, but, that, but you didn't he's say got that. quite a. He's a host of. He directed Robo F. Cop. Right. He's he's written he's written a lot. He's quite uh, talented uh, fellow. Okay. Only, but he writes Starship F. Troopers. That was where the uh, there was a space uh, wagon train train yep. that was going somewhere. They get lost because of the one of the guys running the driving the wagon is an inept Gilligan like yep. fool. Yeah, it was Ken Barry, Star, Starship and, F uh, Troopers. Yeah, other actors whose names I can't remember. Okay, anyway, go on. So it was Twin Peaks Day. I think it was like the thirtieth anniversary of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And he wrote to Kyle McLaughlin, "Happy Twin Peaks Day, Kyle. Do you reckon Coop is okay somewhere?" And a little kiss at the end. <laughs> and uh, Kyle responds, "1967." Ah. That's all he says. So. Really? There we go. See, that's a nice little thing. It just makes your brain just go pop, 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 pop. Yeah. I want to watch the, I want to watch the return again. Sure. I don't want to watch all of it, but I want to watch parts of it again. Well, if you want to watch some of it, we could actually put that into spoiler space. Oh, do a spoiler space on? On on a little bit of the return. We don't do everything because, come on, that's ridiculous. But like a specific episode or a specific episode or two. Well, the final episode would be the I would be, sure, I'd be down with doing that. And then we drive down to the actual cafe and we get ourselves. We record it there. We'd get a nice sandwich or something. We'll have a nice time. I did that with my wife and sister-in-law. Went to the double R? Yeah, we went there. Oh, it's nice. No, it's like, right. There you go. You go over see everything. I've never actually gone into the double R. I've, I've been to the town a couple of times. It's but... the kind of food you enjoy. Is it? Yes. Does everything start with double R? Like, you get a double R burger, you have a root rear. Yeah, you get a root rear. <laughs> you know, I can serve you your water in a double R mug if you'd like. It's all right. I got that going on. All right. Does it have a B? Rotter. Yeah, it's it's Scooby Doo uh, serves you. <laughs> it's been a rumor. Um, so uh, okay, I'm gonna go to our page. Yeah, and uh, Baltimoreon. Oh, come on now. Uh, uh, they 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 believe. Uh, great show, guys. Thanks. There we are. Uh, say we we had a thing where we thought we had to take the numbers off shows. We don't. So that's good. Yeah, it was weird. It was. I went to post the show last week, and I get this notification from the the our podcast overlords. Uh, well, our the company Darth that we the company that hosts our podcast. Right, like, you do. You basically have mm. to do what Darth Vader used to do with the Emperor. You go into a room, you yeah. kneel, take a knee, and the giant hologram appears, sure. and it tells you what you have to do. Well, not to boast, but if we hosted our podcast on our website, we would shut down the website every every week. Okay, so we have to have a separate podcast host that just host the podcast and now they wrote and told me that or to everyone all their customers that itunes was was recommending strongly recommending basically telling everyone to not put episode numbers in their feeds because they want to streamline how their feeds look the problem is is there's lots of shows in lots of podcasts that have numbers in their title of the show not just episode numbers yeah so it's really messing stuff up so they, then they kind of walked it back and said, okay, let's, never mind. Just keep it the way it is. Because so. right. my suggestion was going to be this. Yep. Write the title mm-hmm. as a number. But write not numbers, but like write, like if it's 100, write, you know, 100. spell out 100. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you are... think for a second there that I couldn't spell 100, it's because I've had a fever <laughs> for like four days. I burnt my brain out. Mm. I had a recurring, let me tell you about my recurring dream now. We're talking about Twin Peaks. Oh. I'll get right back to Baltimore. I'm sorry, Baltimore. Uh, I feel bad calling you that, but you named yourself that. I had this reoccurring dream the first night. Yeah. And it, it was that I couldn't remember the th- name of the thing that connects items together. 
um, in a drawer or a structure that allows them to be bound together and not fall apart. And I couldn't remember what that small thing was that binds the thing. And it just was driving me nuts. And it was just like, it was this, this black spot that was like floating around in my memory. And I couldn't remember, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And the reason I couldn't remember is there is no thing like that. Yeah, I was just trying to think of what you're talking about. Yeah, I was, trying to, I, was trying to, I was trying to remember desperately. And I, for hours, I was tossing and turning trying to remember that. Okay, wow. uh, Balta, Balta Moron, that's how my fever dreams go. It's yeah. all math or trying to remember things or, you know, weird philosophical things. Okay. So uh, Balta Moron's worst show ending, MASH. So Dave, uh, Dave agrees with that. Give I would agree with up. that. I felt it was a very disappointing ending to that show. Right. Which, uh, when you think about it, though, is they did kind of like to sou- have a sour ending to stuff. Like, you think of uh, Colonel, uh, whatever his name was, McLean Stevenson leaving yeah. the show. And uh, his plane went down over, where was it? To Japanese? Sea of Japan. Sea of Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were no survivors. But no then, survivors. The, but then mm-hmm. uh, what happened later on that night? Uh, uh, right before the Tonight Show, yeah, they had a little uh, uh, video of him on a little dinghy and uh, just waving and going, "I'm okay." Is that right? Really? They did for fun. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, that was a little joke they had on the Tonight Show that night. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> so he's fine. And then Godzilla ate him because oh, that's not you good. know that's prime Godzilla time. Yeah. So Nettie uh, says Six Feet Under had a great final episode. Nina agrees. Nina strongly agreed. And I've never, I saw, I think I saw the first episode of that show and one of the main characters smokes crack and I said, no thanks. And I turned it off. Okay. I've seen, I've seen some <laughs> that was quite for me. good and really good actors. And then Louise also said that uh, she actually felt things there and, uh, and that that does not happen often for her. She does wow. not have human feelings. So there you go. It's a hearty recommendation for Six Feet Under. Right. She also thinks Breaking Bad wrapped up well as well. I thought, yeah, I thought they did too. Yeah, that, that was a good wrap up to that show. Yeah. I think it didn't it didn't uh, pull any punches and it did not take away the fact that um, the, the main character was evil mm-hmm. and that he was an asshole. I like that. And, yeah, I like that. And everything, he, gets, he got everything he deserved. He gets confronted with his lie, which is that I'm doing this. I did this yeah. all for you. Yeah. You did none of this for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. And I like, I, I really like on a side note, I really like where Better Call Saul is going. I have not, I've seen two seasons of it. I need to catch up okay. on the show. You know, that seems like a show that shouldn't work and, and does. Mm. Um, so then we get off on a tear about risk because we also talked about that, which, you know, everyone was right about, but me. So (laughs) until, until then your wife uh, did agree with me and then I was right again for a brief period of time, but then I went back to not being right. That's fine. (laughs) We don't even need to get into that then. Um, so Chris Roberts, she was, just to clarify, she was agreeing with you in the sense that, uh, if in situations where you are, and I can feel this at work sometime when you're in a working situation where, there's a there's a culture that can pressure you into doing things that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And she and I mentioned that she had been in an accident where she was riding and a horse fell and rolled over top of her and and broke her collarbone and knocked her unconscious and she had to go to the hospital. And as she says in her comment, she wouldn't have done that except that she was riding that horse for a customer for a client who had expectations that this horse would be doing this. Yeah, and so. Lisa felt pressure to do this when the horse was in no way ready for it, which she had, mm. she had told the person this. But sometimes you have to do what people, your boss, in this case your client, wants you to do. And so she rode a horse in a place where the horse was not quite ready to be ridden, which was in an open field, you know, in a cross-country situation. And it, uh, you know, just wasn't, wasn't 
in the condition wasn't conditioned properly and it kind of lost its footing and fell and and that and that's very dangerous obviously so so yeah no, it was a good discussion it's, it's a good, it was a good discussion and it's uh, discussed quite uh, in a long way on on the sneaky dragon uh, page so mm -hmm. go there check the message board and nina's comments were basically let people have their fun which you're right let people have their fun absolutely um so now I just I I had a uh, a horse related injury as well, which was uh, my hand was almost broken and it was what happened was I was watching my sister uh, doing a riding thing. Yeah, I was over there with my mom and then the horse reared up and my sister almost was tossed off the horse. Yeah, and my mom grabbed my hand and almost crushed it. <laughs> she had insane strength. And just like, I felt that for like days, that thing. So I've been well, through a horse-related sure. injury yeah. as well. I think it, I would like to talk to someone like uh, high school friend Kathy Hubble, who uh, is a stunt uh, person yeah. uh, who designs stunts and does stunts to this sure. stage, same age yeah, yeah. As, as us. Um, and uh, what I'd like to know is if there is a peer pressure in that industry My? that would, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, say you have to do things. Because quite often when I see, and this is, I guess, what I was trying to get into last week with the Tom Cruise thing. Sure. Uh, was when I see often like someone who, you know, a person who, who dies doing a stunt in a movie, it's very rare that you go, that was worth it. That was good that they, you mm -hmm. know, but they're doing mm -hmm. what they're, they are doing what they love and they're yeah. doing what they, and you respect that. But you're like, oh, it's just such a weird balance for me on that kind of thing. I'd like it to is, know if, she, for sure. if, if people in the stunt industry are peer pressured into doing things that, uh, maybe, maybe aren't, yeah. you know, things that they would do otherwise. Well, I know that there is a stunt person, a stunt woman who died doing, um, the last Deadpool, Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. She had a motorcycle accident and, and died. But reading about it, the problem was that she kept missing her mark. Like she would go too far past where she was supposed to stop and kept putting herself in risk. And that's exactly what happened. She lost control of the bike by going too far past. So they had said it. So you go down to here and you stop here. And she kept going farther. And then she right. lost control of the bike and had her accident. So, yeah, I mean, there are things where you set up everything so it's caref you know, carefully set up to keep it as safe as possible. Because it's dangerous. Of course it's dangerous. Yeah. It's stunts. Uh but yeah, if you push that envelope, then you're going to be, you're putting yourself into risk. Even if there's no pressure to do it, you just might, you know, for whatever reason, have might a be, bad day. Might be over eager. Yeah. You might be trying to show I can do more. You st just don't know what. Yeah, what's we've going all on had there. like, we've all had accents, you know, on bikes or what have you, like mm -hmm. just doing regular stuff. What I would, what I would say, I've, oh man, I've done dumb stuff on bikes. I once um, attempted, I was riding down the street and I thought, I was riding without hands. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I should ride without feet. So sure. just put my feet up on my handlebars. I was just, and then the bike stopped, and I fell off the bike down into a ditch. Yeah, <laughs> so I've dumb. ditched as well. It's the dumbest, yeah, dumbest. I had one like ever. that too, where I was riding with this is the gravel bars, and that then yeah, the I fell, I fell right over my my handlebars and landed face down. Mm -hmm. And then the guy behind me rode over me. He couldn't stop and just like <laughs> rode straight over me, well, like luckily, ass to head, yeah. straight, yeah. straight, but boom, like I was a launching pad. Well, luckily you're a kid and you're fine. If that Absolutely. happened to you now, we'd have to medevac you to. Uh, yeah, I would. My thing when I was a kid was I would do a headstand anywhere, mm -hmm. like anywhere, yeah. like the hardest surface, whatever, no yeah. problem, done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 down to the peer pressure thing, just a tangent because that's sure, what sure. we do. Mm -hmm. um, what I would like to see people teach in school, yeah. and they can't, is how to say no, and mm -hmm. not it's not necessarily just to say no. I know there's a thing, you know, where you say no to things that yeah. are sexual or what have you, yeah. or if you're going too far. But like, how would you, how do you say no to something you don't want to do mm -hmm. in a way that isn't? You have to have the self confidence to yeah 
I mean, the difference between aggressive and sure. assertive, but like yeah. being, but being be telling people that it's okay when you've got a limit, not necessarily. And again, we're we're doing things with you know with with sex, but like, but just in your job, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're told like, listen, you got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. No, I can't. And I know that's not a thing that normally, but you, we've got to. It does happen, yeah. Yeah, you've got to like be able to state where your limits are in just regular stuff or in a relationship. And again, yeah. I'm not talking a sex thing, but just like a relationship with friends. Your friends are like, come on, we're going to do this. And, mm-hmm. You know, be able to say no. And it's not just necessarily, you know, we're all going power drinking or we're all doing <laughs> this. But just like, yeah. how do you say no where it's not, you know, they're 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 going to take it as no and accept it as no. And I think there's a problem with that in school because school, you can't say no. School is an environment where you have to do the things because yeah, they have to control this insane but amount here, of children. But here's the way that you teach someone the way to say no is that you give them the self-confidence. Yeah, that I think is the base of I it. I don't think that, I don't think like school tears you down in order to make you do math questions. You know, what I mean? you know, it's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't destroy your personality. But they have to and find take a away way your self confidence. There's thousands well, that's of true. kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there is. So there is. I mean, but there's a difference between discipline and self confidence. Right. But right? you're not going to be able. In fact, to... discipline can give you self confidence. True. But I think there's also. I think you just need to also uh, give them the skill set. Like, because you, you can't just. But say... What's the skill set? What's the skill set that you need? Yeah. Uh, you have to, I think, work through like a scenario of just like how do you say no to somebody yeah. that's that's uh, that's in a way that will be taken as no. And frankly, I don't exactly know, but you can't just say you've got to build everyone's self confidence yeah. up because you're not going to build up thousands of kids' self confidence. No, that's true. So, and I mean, like, it's not even is it really the school's the, business to do that too? What are the words to say? Like, is yeah. it just like I don't feel comfortable doing that, or I don't feel comfortable doing this right now? Gee, I'll I think we do, do learn later. stuff like that. Do they do in school? Because I don't. I don't think in that. school, but I think. Like something like Mr. Rogers would definitely talk about issues like that and give you phrases to say and ways to, well, to deal great, with situations. Well, that's great. I'm glad, like I'm glad that. to hear that. Because I think I think you're right. It's hard to do in school because it's more something that really should be happening in, in people's homes that parents should be mm-hmm. giving their kids. But again, I think a lot of times, and again, I'm not a parent. I always hate when when their parents go like, "School should be teaching kids how to do their taxes and blah blah blah." Okay, sure. But also you should be doing that. But I think the parents you then should be and teaching again, budgeting and da 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 da. I'm saying I'm saying this as someone who uh, wasn't hasn't been a parent, but I have been a child. Um, is if you was a ch- is, were you a good child? <laughs> who? No, you're not supposed to be a good child. No, you're not. You're a child. Yeah. You're learning shit. Um, <laughs> but I think I just wonder were you good at being a child? Oh, that is an excellent question. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Now I am. I'm better at it now. Yeah, okay. I got you get back better at it over time, and then you got to let yourself be one again. Mm. It's the Picasso thing, but don't be fucking sexist. Uh, so don't be that part of Picasso, <laughs> but go back to the child thing. Don't be pulling the girl's hair though. Mm. Um, I think I think it's if parents how parents react to a no from a child. If they're if they react yeah. to a no from a child as a challenge to your authority, mm-hmm. and then you have to no, I'm going to top you. Then it's going to be okay. Whoever has the power, yeah, yeah. And all there's no point in saying. No, oh, because whoever true. has the power is going to like control you regardless. But if you if you say no to your parent and the parent respects that, mm-hmm. two limits, of course, of course, yes. Um, then they learn that their no has weight, yeah. and they can carry that forward. And I think that probably is the way the way to go. But I my no had very little weight in my house. My no was it's subjective so, to my dad's it's, moods, it's which true. were very swingy. It's true, but it's also, you know, sometimes a parent has to say no to a child. And sometimes it's to our own good to have someone say no to us, yep. to draw, make limitations to to what. Correct. 
you know, uh, for our safety, for our personal development. For, there's lots of times where someone needs a swift, sharp kick in the nose. Like that's just that's just the way it is. Like so, yeah. But you're right. You do have to do it in a way that respects the the no ease uh, freedom. You know, their own freedom, their own personal choices and stuff like that. But at the same time, yes, yeah, sometimes you know. Like I would love to drive everywhere at 140 kilometers an hour, mm -hmm. but I'm not allowed to, so I don't. <laughs> but you know, so that's just you just have to accept that. But it's funny. Like when I was in school, I mean, I went through school, I went all the way through school, um, in this, you know, in the in the early 80s, which is basically the, still the 70s in the early 80s, and into the 80s through the 90s, I went through school. Um, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink, I didn't take drugs, and I had lots of opportunity to. I had lots of chances. There's people, lots of people who wanted me to, mm -hmm. but I just wasn't interested in it. And I just, so I always just said no. And I never had any problem saying no to people about stuff like that. Sometimes people had problems with me saying no to them. I didn't like it very much, mm -hmm. but most people had no trouble with it. They were fine. There was no real pressure to do it. I mean, people would ask because they enjoyed it. So they thought you should do it. Right. But when you said you didn't want to, no one lost their shit or went crazy. Usually after they knew me for a while, I said, Dedrick, you don't need drugs. So that was, I took that as a compliment, I guess. Yeah. But Which again was terrible advice when you had cancer. <laughs> I shouldn't have invited them over to keep saying that to me. I don't need chemo to talk. Everyone says Come I don't on, need drugs. Come on, smoke. Like, <laughs> listen, this is not the time to be peer pressuring me. <laughs> so yeah, but I think I just had the I had confidence in my own person mm -hmm. to say no to that or to to that kind of thing. I just it wasn't what I wanted, right? It wasn't. I didn't respect people who did it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't seem interesting or fun or anything else to me. So that was me. I just avoided, you know. And friends who took it up. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I didn't, you know, become their enemy, but I would kind of phase them out of my life in a way because it just, they were going different paths. And mm -hmm. so I just carried on the way I was going and they went their way. And that was just the way it was. I was just a very willful child, but I'm a stubborn person. So there you go. Just ask my mom. <laughs> She'll tell you. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah. I mean, it can be a survival thing as well. You've got to, sometimes the no comes from a place of I've been pushed too far. Or, this is the only, this is, this is, this is a, a something I need to be able to define me. Yeah. And well, that's part of it too, I think, for sure. Like people ask me, why am I an American when I live in Canada? And I've had plenty of opportunity to change my, my identity. But as a kid, I was teased for being an American because I had, friends or family friends, stuff like that, who knew I was American. And they like to tease me because I'm an American and that other kids took that up as a thing that was teasable, mm -hmm. you know. And so there's things about me as a kid that separated me from other people, my intelligence, my uh, inability to play sports, mm -hmm. the fact that I was an American. But those things became things that I was proud of, you know. I'm proud to be an American, even though in every, every way possible, I am not an American. Like, if you ask me any question at all about America, I have no idea. I would get my backup if someone insulted Canada. You know, if the American says something bad about Canada, I'd be, what are you talking about? Canadians are the best. You know, I am like a Canadian in every way but my passport. But it's part of who I am. It's part of who I was then, and I don't want to ever lose that part of myself, that I am this slightly different person from everyone else, and that's okay. You know, I'm slightly smarter than other people. That's okay. I am slightly more clumsy than other people, and that's also okay. And so... You know, those are things that define me. And so, you know, I just, I'm happy with that separation from people. And as a teenager, I was happy with that separation from people. And part of not drinking and smoking was, that was a separation from other people. It kept me out of 
what everyone else was doing and I could be myself, you know. And so I had an easy time saying no because it seemed like my training as a kid was to be myself. And so as it came on, I just continued that way, you know. And I'm still that way. I still do whatever I want. Not in the sense that I'm reckless or whatever. I just mean what I like, I like. Mm -hmm. If I like uh, Poker Face by the cast of Glee, so be it. I love that song. I'm fine with that. I'll tell anyone that I like the, Second the music. only to the Weird Al Yankovic version. Yeah. Don't know it. Oh, it's so good. Please tell all these polka songs. It's so good. I think I think my thing with, <laughs> with, 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 with no was quite often if I would say no, to the point where it's, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, my split with my mom uh, was uh, if you say no, uh, that's the end. Okay. That's the end. Yeah. And it's uh it's a it's a tricky it's a that's tricky a bad thing. that's that's a bad way to make it though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a very bad way to make that it. That kind of binary Yeah. Thing it's is... a very bad way. And I still I miss my I miss my mom every day. Mm. You know, those of you just kind of coming into this, she got into a uh um, emotionally abusive relationship and uh, made uh, the fellow made a lot of demands on the rest of us to call him dad and other things and it was just clear it was a bad scene but she's in it and and, cho- and chose him yeah. and by me saying no to calling him dad that was the end mm-hmm. that was that was the big thing and yeah. I went no I'm not comfortable with it I stated and I think I said it in the best po- possible way yeah um uh but nope that was the end and so now I don't get to see my mom you know, maybe ever again. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the big, that's the big fear of the no is that you're going to lose your friends. You're going to, yeah. you're going to cut yourself oh, right. off from this. And, you know, there, there is, as a person, as I say, I wasn't afraid to lose friends over my choices either though, mm-hmm. you know, because they were just doing something that I didn't, wasn't interested in or approved you of. You so. can't do, you can't do everything. And, and also when know, I was in grade six, sure. I swore to that girl in grade six class that I would not smoke. And, shut up, phone. And I... And that's her on the phone Oh my right gosh. Now. My family's going insane. And I kept, I kept that promise to that girl. Two years later, she was smoking. But I kept the promise. Yeah. So I am a promise keeper. three years later, we you all, were smoking. We all love promise keepers, right? Sure. What is promise keepers? I don't know. Uh, promise keepers are those are, as virgins? No, they're 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 men. It's it's basically like a men's rights thing. Oh, um, uh, but okay. Here's my. It. I changed my mind. No, no. I'm going to tell you my joke about uh, promise <laughs> yeah, keepers. Yeah, please do. Uh, is that they're all men who uh, basically were kind of deadbeat dads and that sort of thing. What? And have uh, found God, and so they um, now are good men and good with their families, and they are oh, now okay. the promise keepers. They made this promise. Okay. And I'm like, well, no, you found God. You should be called the finders keepers. <laughs> <laughs> but are they still supporting their family now, or are they still yeah, not? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because of Because of God. Because of God. Yeah, yeah because of Jesus. God. Yeah. Probably right. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, Chris Roberts. See, this is what we do. We tangent. Uh, is it too soon to Sorry, say Chris. the Seinfeld finale was great? I didn't mind it. I don't know it. I didn't really watch a lot of Seinfeld, but uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that was fine. It's mean. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot of people really have issues with 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 prison, and there's a prison thing there. Uh, but uh, no, it's fine. Oh, uh, Spaced also ended perfectly. Agreed. That was true. It's probably one of my favorite sitcoms. Yeah. Wrapping up everything up, but leaving me wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, tri- I, I'm probably pronouncing this right. Trim, Treme. Treme. Uh, yeah, Treme. Uh, was a series that started off superbly, kept him hooked for two seasons, lost its way in season three. Oh. And the final, I didn't even know there was a third season. And the final episodes were like a different show altogether. I think they might have just been a different show. Maybe you were watching a different, was it like, was it about robot cowboys? Because you might have been watching Westworld at that point. That is a very different show. Was it as if you were lost in a dream? Yes. 
and the ending of The Prisoner was pretty terrible. Uh, I don't know. But also that. fun in a batshit crazy way. Yeah. I'm more of the pro. Than- I'm more pro on that. I really like the ending of The Prisoner. Right. I think that's a lot of fun. And I think it's, okay, it's exactly what they wanted to do, uh-huh. but they didn't quite have enough money or the ability to do exactly what they wanted to do. So they made it as close as possible to what, the you know, the idea of it, they made it as close as possible as they could using the the limitations of the time period mm-hmm. and the limitations of budget. They still made a fantastic conclusion to uh, Secret Agent Man. Here's what I think. Yeah. Now, what what number what number were they trying to say that he was? See number four? No, number. I think it was number number, six. number seven. Number seven? Mm, I can't remember. Sorry, okay, it's been a long time. I I had to watch the show when I was in my twenties. So let's do some math, everyone. I just turned fifty three last week. And I okay, the the prisoner. The prisoner <laughs> this is again. What, I'm what? sorry that you have to because he starts off, you know, with the, with them yelling. You are number. There you go. Yes, his he's number six. Number six. Okay, sorry. Okay, so I think I should know that because the Iron Maiden song, "The Prisoner," here's one from uh, uh, "Number of the Beast." Here's uh here's one of my uh my dumb theories yep. about this. Uh so uh cuz it's it goes in a loop. Yes. All right. We we'll spoil this one. It it go <laughs> it goes in a loop. Yeah. So he's so he's number 6 when we see him. They say like you're number 6. I'm not a number. I'm a free man. Yeah. So my theory is that he's been through this six times. This is the sixth time. Six, his six he's been through time. it five times before. This is the sixth time. His yeah. sixth time. Mm-hmm. When he goes through it the next time, yeah. this is what, like, by the time he escapes, yeah. he's now number seven. Well, now he's number seven, which is actually 007. So now he's James Bond. Oh. This is how you get to So he to goes that. from Danger Man slash yeah. Secret Agent Man. And he's got to go through this to whole thing. To James Bond. And goes through the whole thing. And then when he releases, he becomes James Bond. And that's how you, that's how you get these, uh, these agents. Up to speed. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and I've got other theories about it too that we could get into uh, another time. I got a <laughs> on theory our prisoner on, podcast. I got a theory on Wally Coyote that'll blow your mind, um, which I probably said on the show already. On our prisoner podcast, penny farthings for your thoughts. Well, not bad. I'm still trying to work out. This is Dylan. I'm still trying to work out whether the end of Blake Seven was brilliant or awful. Brilliant. So one vote for brilliant. <laughs> I don't want to say what it was because it is a great ending to Dave's, that series. Uh, burn them Such for a me great ending! Oh my god, it's crazy. Them. So crazy. Uh, Ditto the prisoner. Does anyone know what that was all about? Well, it's just about being amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta rewatch that show. So there we go. Best finales according to Joe Boylan. Uh, what do you got, Joe? Cheers. Cheers. Yep, solid. Yep. I I have I said I claimed last show that I did not see the end of that series, but I did see the end of that series because I do remember watching that. Yeah, that um, whatever his name is is cleaning up. Yeah, uh, uh, Sam alone. Sam is cleaning up at the bar that's empty. There's a shadow that comes down the stairs, and he says, uh, "We're closed." Sorry, we're closed. And he also before that he adjusts a picture of Geronimo, mm. which was a gift from the coach, yes. which was a little t- uh, tribute to the coach. Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> It was a tribute that they were... to Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> that was a tribute to him. And then there was uh, uh, The Wire, which I've never heard of. But anyway. You never heard of The Wire? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just being a jerk. <laughs> I, assume, I assume it's about a hanger factory. I, I like the idea that you'd heard of Treme, but not The Wire. No, just be such a dick move. It's just go, what's The Wire? <laughs> um, All right. So, uh, someone I know, we used to do this thing called uh, uh, Weird Al Karaoke, which I think people still do. Uh, and uh, so you make your own funny lyrics to yeah. songs. Have and uh, it was, um, we didn't start the fire, but it was like, hey, have you seen The Wire? 
Oh. And it was just a guy needling someone like, oh, you got to see the wire. And he just goes through all this stuff in the wire. It was very clever. That's good. Uh, it was one of those that you're like, oh, that's really I've good. Never, that's I've never really seen it. really on the money. Of course you haven't. I've heard you it's good. You know why? Because everyone tells you it's it's amazing. Yeah. And then they'll tell you this. Oh, first couple episodes aren't as great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that seems like a lot of work. And it's like, no, but I think it's great. And I'm like, I'm sure it does. And yeah. I'm sure one day I will see it. Or not. Um, everyone loves Raymond. Have not seen the ending. Don't have not know. seen the beginning. I I, I, I saw some all, parts seems, in the middle. Seems fine, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it is. Uh, does he murder his parents? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I, I assume. I assume that's uh. what happens. <laughs> uh, uh, just kills him. Uh. Wait, aren't you being the brother? No, no. Yeah, being Ray. Be a jerk. <laughs> oh, okay. brother's a. Uh, uh, the brother's Frankenstein. Yeah. Loosely based on Frankenstein's monster. They always said at the end of the uh, <laughs> <That's right>. show. <laughs> um, and then Breaking Bad. Yes, of course. Breaking Bad, yes. Very there good, we go. very good ending. Then I'm getting some recommendations. Sorry we missed it. Last now week. we got a letter from uh, uh, Louise telling me that I can watch Supernatural at my local library. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, good info. Thank you, Louise. What I would like to do. Okay, Louise, tell me this much. Oh, yeah. Riddle me this. Riddle me this, Louise. Do any episodes of Supernatural actually take place at that library? Because those are the ones I'd like to watch at the library ah couldn't tell you because they disguised it to look and, like a roman coliseum oh here we go oh, okay. okay now we're getting a little big uh, bigger thing from edward uh Dr- Dragansky. yep um, hi ed uh hey ed uh saying i'm a huge cheers fan and can uh, honestly say i remember watching the first episode when it originally aired as do i because i remember the commercial which was two beer mugs coming together and then smashing and i went "Ooh, that looks good really that yeah. was what it was really that was the uh, ad yeah i remember too because i watched the I watched it with the original coach. I watched from the very beginning of yeah, the Yeah, they, they played it. The, the, this was going to be a, a very really good, good Hey, I think, I think the commercial went like this. It was like the two beer mugs smashed together. And then the announcer went, hey, motherfuckers, this is going to be a good sitcom. <laughs> Fuck you. You better fucking watch it. Now, what you don't know what is other, back was then Was it a part of like a night more. of comedy shows? Could have been, but they like really they a, pushed this as like yeah. from a real good uh, bunch of people making it, mm-hmm. which I think it was like the fellow who did Taxi and such. Mm. Um, so anyway, I was watching it with my dad, who grew up in my grandparents' tavern. Ah. Um, when it was over, he said Cheers was the most faithful representation of a neighborhood tavern he'd ever seen on TV. And I said to him, who asked you? <laughs> Ed, <laughs> how can you talk to your dad like that? I, don't, I, I might have just added that. Uh, from that moment on, I followed every season right to the last episode on May 20th, 1993. Wow. At the end, when Sam is alone, he stops to straighten a picture. Oh, there we go. The Geronimo thing. That's right. At uh, the back of the wall. Uh, and uh, that it was donated uh, by Nicholas Colasanto, Colasanto, who played right. Coach Ernie Pantuso from 1982 to 1985, and it was a small homage to him from dancing. Very nice. That's very nice. Um, best finale he can remember. That was the thing about uh, about Cheers. They the one dumb guy passed away, and they replaced him with a different dumb guy who played it in a different dumb way. Mm-hmm. Whereas a show like Coach, Coach, even though this was Coach, yeah, uh, there was a show called Coach, and that show was unique, and it had two dumb guys. One was Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry Van Dyke, and yeah. the other guy was just a big dumb guy. Mm. It's like you can't have two dumb guys. They did it. What are you doing? And then later on, The Simpsons, full of dumb guys, it all worked <laughs> out fine. <laughs> One of the verse finales was Heroes. I did not. Stick yeah, Heroes really the, fell apart at the end. I didn't. I don't the think the villain's the hero, and now yeah, he's bad. But now he's good. But now he's taking your head. Okay, fine. Actually, it was it was bad long before the finale. Good for a season, fine. I guess. Yeah, it was good, pretty good for one yeah. season. Maybe due to the writer strike back then, but uh, it was like mm. putting a dying animal out of its misery. Oh, gross! That's uh, <laughs> not gross. I guess good for you if you do that, and that's your life. Good yeah. for you to do that. 
Good for you. Sorry for judging. I don't want to see that show. Um, <laughs> I like to... It wasn't actually a dead animal that was put yeah, out of his misery. Painful to watch. Okay. Another uh, finale I might need to go back to and watch is the Lost finale. Uh, maybe the entire series needs rewatching. Here's my problem with the Lost finale without ruining what the Lost finale is. Hmm. The Lost finale, yeah. uh, the creators of Lost... It'll give you uh, bad dharma. By, you, by, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, by the second season, people were asking, hey, is it this? And they said, look, we'll tell you one thing. It's not that. Yep. And then it was that. It was like, well, <laughs> you can't make it that if it's that. So it was that. I have not, I have seen, I think, one episode of that show. And that's it. And right. in it, a hobbit was trapped in a water thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You get to watch a hobbit drown. That's what it was. Yes. Yep. The, the hobbit drowned. Uh, I, I, it was sad. I, I know someone who worked on the show, Very so sad. I can't say too much. Uh, I'll, I'll finish this out with <laughs> what, a what do you mean? Supra- oh, okay. What's that? Right. You, you mean behind the scenes things you can't talk about? Uh, you know, just, you know, because I know a person, yeah. so it feels weird to talk, if I huh. talk too... Oh, too, if you say bad things about the show, yeah, you feel like you're insulting that person. A little bit, because they were okay. kind of in charge of a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And All also, right. yeah, I can't say behind the scenes stuff either, but I don't know a lot. Okay. Um, I'm not, Johnny uh, knows a lot about that. I just, you know. Mm. Mary watched it all, but I, I did not. You know what? It was always something. They they tried a bunch of stuff. I'll give I'll give them that. Uh, and it looked good. It was a good looking show. Hmm. Uh, I'll finish this out with the Sopranos finale. Uh, so bad and confusing, it's now regarded as David Chase's work of genius. Debatable. <laughs> uh, did you follow the Sopranos at all? I watched it for a couple of seasons, and then lost interest. So did I, did I didn't. I missed the finale. I do know what the finale is, but I, I have not seen it. Yeah, you know what? I think you can be maybe. You know, you can do. You can throw one of those maybes up. Um, but uh, you can do it in a lynchy way, or you can do it in this way. And I think the lynchy way is the better way. <laughs> uh, Nigel uh, says uh, one of the worst has to be how I met your mother. Do you and not know uh, it? yeah, and uh, they they did a little uh, bait and switch, flippity flap, and made everyone mad, and then the show ended. Which is really? Because people like the show. Did it turn out it was someone's dream? No, it's just the person that they picked as who's going to be the mom was not who people wanted to oh. be the mom, and it was just. Eh, what? Eh, what? Roseanne. And uh, Peter Tibbles uh, went with Newhart, which we talked about. Yes, very Newhart nice. was a very very good ending. To this that is show. the one regret I have that the um, the third Newhart sitcom, the one where he's a cartoonist, yeah. who does I think a, a comic called Mad Dog, uh, never had a finale because it was just like, oh, how are you going to end it? I just want to see you end it. What are you going to do? But yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat that. There was a lot of hype around that show, and the actress in it was. Got a lot of uh, Cynthia. She was in the player with Tim Robbins as well. Okay. Um, There's a lot of hype around her as like a really good actress at that time period. And then she seems to have disappeared. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that too. If you know what happened to her, let us know. Please do. All right. So uh, you had a suggestion for a question of this week. Yes. Well, Lisa had a suggestion for a question of this week. And her her suggestion, she actually was thinking of books. We'll say books or movie. Okay. Not TV. Uh, maybe TV or okay. a TV series, maybe. But not radio plays. Listen, let's calm down. Okay, but not haikus. This will not work for haikus. Okay. The, or haikus. The thing about it was, or there, no, I'm not saying thing about it. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> you haven't said interesting once this episode. I'm very worried. <laughs> have I not said interesting? I don't think you have. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so her question was, a book or movie that you weren't too keen on but you kind of went, you kind of went through it, and then it just wowed you at the end. And so the book that she was thinking of was uh, Life of Pi, which mm-hmm. she did not like at all mm-hmm. until she got to the very end of the book, and she was just like, "Wow!" 
and uh i don't know if i have it i don't know if i have a like a some i have to think about it i have to think about it because i didn't think about it today <laughs> i was kind of busy at work so um mm-hmm. well i guess the second season of twin peaks uh, there's that. I, I, yeah, that's a good I, example. I've given it up on it. And that's a good example. Like, oh, yeah. now I really want to see more. Well, yeah. wait 20 years. So, all right. <laughs> Fine. I will. Um, one I was thinking about was the film Don't Look Now, the Nicholas Rogue film. I don't know if you know that with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christ- Christie. Okay. There's parents whose daughter dies and they go to v- they go to uh, Venice because he is an, uh, a uh, does like uh, rest- rest- restorations, like historical restorations. And it's a movie that kind of just kind of goes along, goes along, goes along, and then it punches you in the forehead <laughs> at the end of the movie. And it's quite a startling ending to it. And uh, that's a movie that I maybe would put into that category. It's a film that I was just kind of like, mm, okay, this is pretty good. This is a what? Okay. Now, the thing is... I don't yeah. think it has to be a movie with a twist ending or anything. Just something no. that happens, like something has some in some way the, the, the this book or whatever... Just kind of turns it around at the end. Yeah, you had to, but you have you. to stick it out through the whole thing. So it's not something that's like bad. It's yeah. something that's just like okay. Yeah, let's see where this goes, and then ba boom, interesting. Okay, well I'm gonna go with the Twin Peaks for mine. Sure. Um, but uh, what do y'all think out there? Because yeah. yeah. again, we uh, we really do like to hear from you. And I just uh, have one more thing I want to say before you can are, say you can say as much as you want. And as what were you going to say? So what were you going to say? No, that was you say it. You say it. I was going to say, are we missing any questions? Response to questions. Oh yes, uh, authors. So go back to last week's. Um, okay. Not last week's episode, but the weekend before. I uh, went. I guess that would be. Uh, what are we at? I'm 379. So. All right. 77. So 77. Right, I will. Vamp while I do it though. Vamp. Sure. So I, here's my. I just have a little quick question for you. So in my memory, in Blondie, in the comic strip Blondie. Yes, sir. This is good. I do know Blondie things. So please. So in my memory. Yes, sir. Dagwood's neighbor. Yes. Herbert. Herb borrows stuff from him and doesn't return it. That's correct. Okay, that, that's what I thought too. But today there was a weird comic strip where it implied that Dagwood was the borrower who didn't return things. And I was no. like, what happened to that this world? That makes no sense. Dagwood's no. the responsible fella. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we got into a discussion whether or not the mailman looked just like Herb. He sure does. Okay, good. We we, we, we covered that. All right, that's <laughs> he good. He sure does. Yeah, that's, I, uh, that's uh, sloppy. That's sloppiness. I'll I'll, uh, I'll um, take a picture of it and I'll, I'll tweet it on Seeky Dragon so people can see it. Because yeah, it's uh, I was uh, I was a little uh, I won't say depressed, but it distressed that they're losing their grip on the character in that way. Mm. You know, because what makes what what talking about limitations? What makes comic strips so interesting? Like especially ones like Dagwood or like Blondie, where you have this sort of set a set of characteristics of all the all the characters in the story or in the comic, and you kind of riff on that, on those limitations. You riff on the fact that Dagwood likes sandwiches or Dagwood likes to sleep at work or that Blondie is is hot or that the boss <laughs> is a crab or that her borrow things and doesn't return them or the mailman gets run over. Yeah, Blondie's the only sane one. These are, yeah, she, that's she right. is She is the axis on which this all spins. Yeah, and so you which have... Which is weird because she used to be the ditzy blonde. Yeah. Yeah, they that's, got rid of that. Mm. Yes, as they change, as the fifties, as the forties and fifties changed how how families were, I guess. It, yeah, the things. As a, but anyway, so it's this. Yeah, it felt weird there to have this kind of character breakdown because you, you know, it's set. It's set in stone. That you know, this is who Dagwood is, and to start suddenly have him like saying, "No, I'm on a diet. Don't eat that big snack. <laughs> That's no good." Yeah, I can't possibly eat that. That's right. That's too much. 
this chili is too hot for me. I'm leaving Vegan, this diner. Please. Yeah. I'm never returning to this diner again. I don't want this full fish flopping around on the top of my sandwich. <laughs> and I love that like no one else has anything weird like that. Yeah. Like he's the the thing about Dagwood in the in the in the Blondie universe. Yeah. Is he is the only cartoon character? Mm-hmm. Like he will run into someone, it'll be chaos and whatever. But you never see anyone else do that. No, Nothing right. ever happens with anyone else that would do that. No one else has a giant sandwich. No one else does this kind of wacky stuff. No one has a giant button on their stomach. <laughs> it's like, what's that about? No one else has these crazy that's, hair with the that's another, of his That's another son. issue. There was a re- there was a recent one where it commented on the button. Oh. In a way that drew, drew attention to it, as if it was unusual, and I was like, "That's no good. No, you can't have that. It's got to be just that. That's just it is what it is. Like in you this cannot, universe. Yeah, this is normal. Mm-hmm. You know, or his hair. Yeah, his son has that hair as well. Yeah, and they're the only ones that have wacky hair. Yeah. Everyone else is drawn really normal. Yeah, you know, the only thing is a little weird is that his uh, boss kicks him in the ass, which is not something that <laughs> you know normally would happen. No. But he drives him to it. Yeah. He doesn't kick any other employees. He never physically he is, abuses. He is anyone. mean to. He is pretty mean all the time. He's mean, yeah, he's but he would never boss. like. If you saw like another employee and mm-hmm. Dagwood watched another employee getting kicked in the ass. <laughs> You would be like Dagwood's got to say something, you know. But yeah, uh, but because yeah. Dagwood is a that's a smart that's smart that they don't they, they they do it that way as well. Then yeah, it's a small thing, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah, it makes a difference. Would you would you be up for um, Dagwood getting the Nancy treatment and getting uh, kind of an alternative uh, angle uh, done as uh, Nancy has been taken over I, lately? You know what, the Nancy but, the new Nancys are pretty funny. But okay, but I think Nancy's different because Nancy's like a meta narrative. Like it's it ex- which Nancy used to be also as well. In Bushmiller's like Bushmiller, yeah, had no problem inserting himself into the strip, having the characters talk to us, having making jokes on about the form of the comic. Yeah. So that the fact that they were in all these different cubes, he would make fun of that. You know. Um, so no, I have no problem with with the new Nancy. If anything, I think that the Nancy before this new Nancy was was less the like Jerry Nancy. Scott one, or was there someone else? No, the Jerry Scott one was here, but there was a, a guy that came after Jerry Scott who did a much more kind of sentimental, almost like kind of like oh, oh yes, oh the good old days, oh yes. me kind of a c- comics. Yeah, what was and that? That's about? not that's not Nancy at all. Like Ooh. Nancy is not about oh, me. And Nancy is about like the most elaborate setup for a dumb joke you've ever seen yeah, in your life. And it's about hot ants. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, in her bikini. But uh, yeah, like apparently Bushmiller, his thing was like he would come up with like a funny image and then he would work backwards from that. Like he'd be like, well, how can I get, you know, to Nancy using having a garden hose in her holster playing, you know, uh, and so he worked back from that. So then he sets up the fact that Sluggo's going around squirting people with water. And then the final thing is him approaching Nancy and Nancy having a garden hose in, in, her, in, her, in her toy yeah. holster. You know, that's a perfect setup because you don't, you know, you know it's coming, but you don't need to see it. That's and right. It's, it's a great ending. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he, and so to have it suddenly turn into this thing that's kind of like, yeah, like I say, kind of like, ah, me, that is just, ugh. You know what? I mean, that's fine. Sorry, if you no, want to do ah, me cartoons, that's fine. But I just don't want Nancy to be that. Cause that's she, not what Nancy is. Yeah, she isn't that. Yeah. You're right. It's a, she's a spikier character. She's a, she's a willful, stubborn little girl that wants her yeah. own way. And for some reason has befriended an oaf. You know, a lout who lives in a garbage dump of a house. Yeah. You know, and has the hottest aunt you've ever seen. Right. Who yeah. she walks in on while she's in ke- uh, stages of undress. Yeah. Just putting on her stockings and, and I her am bra. Not com- I never complain about it. That's perfectly fine. Which, which yep. you know, it used to be Fritzy Ritz's strip. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there you, and there you go. Okay. And as, as, the, as the soap opera strip gave way to the gag strip, um, 
Ernie Bushmiller recognized that Nancy was a font of humor, whereas Fritzy Ritz was not. So was it uh, this guy Gilchrist who was uh, who was drawing? I don't remember who the last Gilchrist? one. I don't. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, the the final uh, guy Gilchrist uh, strip involved the marriage between the characters of Fritzy Ritz and Phil Fumble. Hmm. Like we've been hoping those guys would get together. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Now she's Fritzy Fumble. Right. Yeah. It was or maybe a- she's Fritzy Ritz Fumble. She has a hyphenated name. Yeah. Or she didn't change her name at all. She's still Fritzy Ritz. I don't know. She yeah, has, the, she has uh, to honor her the, her uh, relationship to the Cracker Empire. Yeah, went from Jerry Scott in '84, who went on to do Baby Blues. Okay, then in 1994, the syndicate was seeking a replacement. Uh, applicants included Ivan Brunetti, who's very alternative, uh, and and that would have been really interesting and right. spiky. And then uh, Guy and Brad Gilchrist were given control of the strip, returning to the old style. And then uh, Guy Gilchrist became the sole author and illustrator. And then I think it became what you're talking about. Mm. The, oh, woe is me. And, oh, more, it's today. I don't think it's, oh, woe is me. I just more, I just like kind of the thing where you're just sort of like, you know, oh, time passes and change comes into our lives. Ah, me. <laughs> yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff, you know? It's like, it's like a turn, turn, turn could start at the end of every, uh, yeah. every one of them. Yeah. And now it's uh, Sluggo is lit. But it's a very funny strip. So you <laughs> yes, know, I can't remember the name of the of the author of the new. Uh, oh well, let, new me, Nancy, let me but, let me tell but you. But it's, it's a it's a pen name anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Olivia James. Olivia James. There you are. Uh, and they are yes, they're very good. And we had a we had a strip disappear from the province and get replaced by a new strip. And I was I really and it happened without any consultation from the from the which the, they normally do the crowd of idiots that read the read the newspaper and then right. we had we had nothing to say about it. So. But I wish we had of because I I would have loved to have uh, lobbied for for Nancy to come come into the yeah it's an under it's definitely an underappreciated strip there and it would have given me one more strip I could read every morning yep because there's a few that I do not bother with as we've discussed before and uh, if you want to know how to read Nancy why not read the 1988 essay How to Read Nancy by Mark Newgarden and Paul Karasik I do have that I have that essay in a collection of Nancy comics that was printed by Raw Magazine. Here we go. Let's uh, let me just uh, read the basic description of it. To say uh, Nancy is a simple gag strip about a simple-minded slot-nosed kid is to miss the point completely. Oh, you Nancy silly you! Nancy only appears to be simple at a casual glance, mm. like architect Miles Vanderoe. The simplicity is a carefully designed function of a Miss complex. Oh, there we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> of a complex uh, amalgam of formal rules laid out by the designer. To look at Bushmiller as an architect is entirely appropriate, for as Nancy is in a sense uh, a sense a blue blueprint for a comic strip walls floors rocks trees ice cream cones motion lines uh little people and mm-hmm. principles are carefully positioned with no need for further embellishment yes. and they uh and they are laid out with one purpose in mind to get the gag across minimalist formalist structuralist cartoonist there you go and there you be that's very true uh, there's an interesting i was and they're going interesting there was a video essay about Buster Keaton I was watching and it might be by every frame of painting I'm not sure but they were pointing out in this essay that Buster Keaton his movies exist entirely in a two-dimensional plane Mm. the gags have to have a two-dimensional plane in order to work so for instance there's one where you see a woman walking away from the camera wearing a dress yeah and then the woman turns and it's a horse with a dress that's been put on the back by Buster Keaton to escape these guys but it doesn't work. If you saw it in a, in a three-dimensional plane, it wouldn't work. It only works as a gag because you can't, you're only seeing it as a flat image. And there's lots of gags that are like that. You, in order for a gag to work, and many of Buster Keaton's gags, 
you need a flat plane, and that's what they're based on. They're based on because he, yeah, I guess he's also sort of a struct or a formalist as well because he's using the form, the pick movie, which was projected onto a flat screen, and sure. he's, he's taking advantage of that flat screen, that undifferentiated. There's no depth to it to create his his comedy. So it's yeah, it's interesting. There we go. We've gone from uh, Jesus to Buster Keaton. There you go. That's what you get from this podcast. They're the same. Okay, I'm going to run through uh, quick the uh, the uh, writers. Um, now, Matt Smith gives us a little something here, and uh, let me try and do justice to it. Uh, a brother and sister unearth their recently deceased father's grave. As the book opens, based on suspicion of something amiss, boy howdy is it ever, courtesy of the local undertaker. The tale takes off from there, rarely taking a breath through the end. To say more would be to spoil a gripping read. Mm, sounds good. The book, Twilight, by William Gay, published in 2006. And uh, no, he says it uh, unfortunately shares the title, no connection with the popular uh, book. Uh, he spins a gripping yarn, eminently readable, uh, mixing southern gothic, dread horror, and your basic human condition. Uh, beautiful writing, found himself rereading sentences and paragraphs, admiring the construction and turns of a phrase. Unfortunately, he is gone now, passed away in uh, 2012. Uh, didn't publish his first book, The Long Home, until 1999. He published uh, three books during his life, plus a short, uh, a couple of short story collections. All are worth the time. Once again, that is William Gay. But start with Twilight and move on to the rest. Yeah, I've I've written that down because I'm really interested in uh, in in that. And what's interesting is that uh, the book Twilight, the vampire book Twilight, yep. came out in 2005. So this author really should have been more on the ball and <laughs> changed his book title. But anyway, that's okay. You're yeah. allowed to have you're allowed to have similar titles, um, but I would say that he got washed away in a tidal wave. <laughs> uh, Nigel, uh, hi Nigel, uh, says, uh, "Huh, it's a tough question for me." I like when people start things like that. Yeah, with a, like, "Oh, that's an exclamation!" <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, I wish you had more time to think about this. I'm like, well, you're writing a thing. You could take them. It's fine. It's an uh, interjection. Like we, we really put you on the spot with this letter that you're writing. Let's do a little bit of, of schoolhouse rock, a little grammar there. Okay. It's an interjection. He sort shows. Of, Excitement, excitement, or emotion. emotion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Also, figure eight. Um, <laughs> there are authors I used to follow, but at some point, their books stopped working for me, and I lost interest. There are authors who wrote books I love, but I haven't read enough of their catalog to endorse their writings as a whole. Mm. And there are authors that I like, but I have no idea uh, how known they are to a mass audience. So Neil Stevenson, I guess. Very he's, good. Yeah, he's well known. Oh, I still got to read a book that Pia gave me when we started dating. I feel bad. Uh, he's Snow well Crash? No, yeah. the, the Snow Crash? It's right. It's like a foot away from me. I wish there was a way I could read it. Um, put it in the bathroom, then I'll read it. That's how it works. So, I got I got movies to watch. I'm sorry. Uh, he's well known in sci-fi circles and in this room. Uh, but I uh, don't think he ever crossed over to the general audience. In particular, I'm a fan of his uh, Baroque Cycle books, which deal with the uh, emergence of science and finance in the late 1600s and early 1700s. That's a very good series, yeah. As well as dealings with pirates, alchemists, the Inquisition, spies, bureaucrats. Not mm -hmm. for everyone. I don't know, maybe not me. I don't know. In particular, <laughs> he wears his nerdiness on his sleeve. I hate nerds! Uh, like all the Lord of the Rings analogies in Cryptonomicon, or his creepy fascination with Japan. And he goes on endless digressions that don't necessarily add to the story. But if you're fine with that, he writes some great stuff. Also, he's probably too popular, but I have to mention Terry Pratchett. Yeah, mention Terry Pratchett. Why not? At his peak, he was amazing. He even wrote uh, a screwball comedy about financial crimes and the importance of public utilities is arguably the best book he wrote. 
Hmm. What was the name of the book? They didn't tell us. Yeah. No. Oh. We want to know. Leave, but it, yes, leave us hanging. I will agree with, with Nigel that uh, Neil Stevenson is a very good author. I enjoyed Snow Crash a lot. And I enjoyed the three books in that book. Uh, particularly, I particularly love the um, character of Dag. Dag now, I can't remember the scientist's name now, but he, cre- he was one of the one of the inventors of algebra, which he called the algebra, and he's just great as a sort of constantly appearing uh, sort of pest in the in the storyline. Hmm. And it's about the sort of con artist that uh, gets wrapped up in in kind of creating the first banks in England and and how money works and stuff. But there's also scientific scientific part about it where you're at the very beginning of like this the the sort of discovery, rediscovery, I guess, I guess the discovery of the scientific method or putting it to actual use rather than having scientists or alchemists as they would have been known before that as everyone kind of hoarding their secrets and no one sharing sure. knowledge with each other. As science, you know, as this new kind of science, this idea of working together and sharing what you find in order to build on knowledge, you know, it was a very new idea that, you know, just didn't exist before that. Uh, yeah, it's a very good uh, series, actually. And now I've got to read a name that I'm going to get wrong, and I feel bad. All right. Uh, Laurel Robertson. Uh, thanks for writing, but this name is hard. Uh, here's an <laughs> author that may be fairly unknown. Giovanni Garascucci. It's uh, G-U-A-R-E-S-C-H-I. How would you pronounce that? Well, C-H-I? Yeah. With an S in front of it? Yes. Ski. There you go. So, Garaski. Yeah, the H hardens the C. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about this fellow. Okay. All right. Uh, he was a journalist, I understand, but I know him from the delightful uh, Don Camilo series of fictional novels. Okay. Uh, my mother introduced me to him in the in the 1980s, but the Don Camilo books were published in the 1950s, which, trivia, was 30 years earlier. Not a lot of people know that. Hmm. Um, the three paperbacks I have are early <laughs> 1960s editions, 20 years earlier then. Nice. Um, uh, back when they cost 25 cents, which today would be a dollar. <laughs> I'll stop doing this now. <laughs> I must uh, have picked More these than a up dollar, at, sir. I must have picked these up at a garage sale okay. or a used bookshop. I, I recommend checking them out. Wonderful stories. And they can be found on Amazon and probably eBay for sure. What do you own, stock in Amazon? Well, you're plugging it more than I do, uh, for sure. I think you, David, okay, well, we're talking to David, not talking to me. Don't feel hurt by that. <laughs> I've been the one telling your story, but no, David. It's all about David. Fine. Okay. Back to David. As it should I think be. you, David, yeah? uh, would particularly enjoy them if you aren't already familiar with them. And then a little a happy smiley face at the mm, end of that. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, so I've, just so everyone, I mean, I know Neil Stevenson, Nigel, so I've already, but, but I, I've written down the names of these authors in, in my phone, and, I, and I'm planning to go on a little uh, used bookstore search, to, bookstore search to see if I can, I can find these books, these here books, just my preferred method of uh, finding books to read. Well, uh, let me just let me just tell you this now, Dave. We're getting to the part of the show, yep, where I want to tell you something, and that is, I am not going to see the next Marvel movie. You've you're over the you're over Marvel movies. Well, I never thought I'd hear this. It's a tra- well, you never thought you'd hear this for the twentieth time. Yeah, on this podcast, every time a Marvel movie comes up, as you for know, sure. we say, yeah, we are not going to be seeing it. No, because right. look. You know what? Here's first of all, it's a woman. I'm having uh, I'm having trouble with this. It's a woman lady. Yeah, I've already. It's a woman lady. I've already downvoted it on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, so you people have. will know that I'm a real man. I I, just, I don't need movies with women in them. I just walk by. I don't want to see women in movies. And I walk by movie theaters and I just go, "What the hell?" 
<laughs> you see women going to movies. Oh, I see them. Yeah, going going to movies yeah. on their own. Yeah. It's a shocking Buying thing. popcorn <laughs> of various sizes. Oh, my God. And you know what they're putting on top of it? Hmm? Nut butter. Uh-oh. Shakers. Oh. They're shaking on some shaky, shaky ketchup or some shaky, shaky <laughs> sure. uh, cheese. Yeah. What's that about? They like that song by Jimmy Buffett. Oh, what was that? The Last Shaker of Salt. Uh, Margaritaville? Is that exactly. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why is there a Jimmy Buffett <laughs> sorry, movie? Sorry, why did I go down that road? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm, you know, a lot of people uh, are in favor of this kind of stuff, but I'm not. No, I'm no social justice warrior. Good on you. You know, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want women telling me what to do. Nope. That's not the sort of thing that happens unless in my know, life. Unless they know better than living you. in living in a house. Or with, yeah, they, with three, unless they know what they're talking about. Ladies. Which case, please do, because I I, yep. I don't know. Um, actually, here's the thing. The other day, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say who it was, but I was uh, talking to a person who was going to see uh, the the movie, and uh, they said to me that uh, you know I don't I don't care about the politics. I just want to see a good film. Yeah. And you hear that, and you go. You care about the politics really? so Does that mean you? Oh, much. It's like anyone who says, "Like, mm. listen, hey, Dave, I'm going to go see the Black Panther movie." Yeah, and look, I'm no racist. <laughs> I don't care about race. <laughs> I just want to see a good movie. It's Oof. like, yes, you do. Why would you even yeah, bring it why up? Why bring it up? <laughs> why bring it up? Of course you do. So, I've been more so knock it off. You know, I like to watch a lot of uh, movie video, like YouTube YouTubers, like with their movie essays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I've been getting in my feed, and I don't know why, because I didn't watch, you know, uh, woman haters, uh, or you know, woman haters man club or whatever. I, you know, I'm not a, yeah. and so I'm getting these videos of, of people going like, you know, uh, Brie Larson loses Marvel 100 million dollars through blah 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 or. And yeah, they're like, real. They're uh, already. They're already hating the movie. They haven't even seen it. They're real Jack T. No chicks. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for that. No, it's just. It's just shocking that you know. But it it's not shocking. shocking. That's a problem. It's not shocking anymore. And I'm I did like this is just part of the nonsense. I didn't watch the it. White noise, but on, literally the white noise on your phone now. If you have YouTube on your phone, it. If you don't watch it, like if you look at the thumbnail, it will play the video for a little bit with subtitles mm-hmm. and so i sort of watched one of these not without without clicking on it because i didn't want to give this person clicks so i just was watching their thing and they're like hey i liked wonder woman <laughs> but this captain marvel shit <laughs> this is too far and i'm wanted- okay with one movie with 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 a chick in it yeah two movies with chicks fuck that and i don't i don't hate women i'm not coming at this as a misogynist what i'm saying though that's too too many movies to have women in them like that this no Here, here's my go away here's and then oh and then <laughs> there's a, there's the code word though right sjw yeah. comes up and you're just like oh well, this is no this is no good at all you don't you have no as soon as you say that you have no but, right to talk i know you want to go like hey you know who was a social should, justice warrior i should take away their right to talk no but. it's fine they can talk if they want read the first action comics read action comics number one see who's a social justice warrior in that there's a guy called let me just tell you little guy called jesus no, wait. I'm um, getting it wrong. Other guy, uh, other father, sacrifice his son, send him to Earth. Superman. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's a guy. That's okay. That's all he does. That's, That's okay. all he does. Okay for a guy. Is he finds a cause and okay. he goes, and, and, and here's what he do. He'll go and he'll find the guy who's doing the wrong thing. He'll pick him up. He'll throw him. He'll just toss him into the woods. Yeah. Like he's dead. Like he just like picks up a guy up. You're treating people bad. 
toss. He was just murdering people left, right, and center at the beginning. Like, that's what he did. Yeah. You find a guy who's like beating his wife, whose name, by the way, was Jack Kennedy. That was a weird thing. And he's just like, hey, not such a tough guy now. Smack, smack, smack. There we go. Yeah. Uh, respect women. I'm Superman. Bye. Off we go. It was like exactly what it was. Hmm. You know, it was two nice uh, Jewish kids just going. Of course, they're going to make their character apparently Irish hating Jewish kids. Oh, was that right? Oh, because the Kennedy thing. Yeah, I think he would have smacked him around anyway. Mm. You know, he just like smacking around a guy. He'd smack around a lot of guys. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we smack around guys. Anyway, find out the dark secret of people. If for some reason we do end up seeing it, that might be what we talk about in one of our new things. Yeah, and we may uh, go with uh, you know. Uh, the third dragon. She may uh, come with us. That'd be nice. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll Get see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, if you feel like, are you good? Yeah. yeah well done. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like uh, writing to us, and uh, this is my job, by the way. What? What's that? Oh no, no, I'm, I'm always doing this. No, <laughs> go ahead. If you want to write to us, mm-hmm. if you want to uh, mm-hmm. answer our question of the week, which was uh, a book and or movie that uh, didn't work for you until the end blew your mind. How's that for a description, everyone? Mm-hmm. As I said, Lisa used the example of the book Life of Pi, which she she did not like. She did not like it at all. She just kept reading it because she has made it a goal in her life to read books that are, have won the Booker Prize. So okay. any book that's won the Booker Prize, she will read. And this book won the Booker so Prize. So this is how you have to get her to read your book. That's right. This is the trick. I have to win, win the book. I have to pretend I won the Booker Prize. Uh, and yeah, she'll uh, she would read my book. Come on. Uh, but yeah, so she just, but she did not like the story at all. She was struggling through it mm-hmm. and then got to the end of the story and she said, this is a great book. I can't believe how good it is. And she said another one too, I think called like a long, a long journey or a, or a long dark journey. I can't remember the exact title of it, but okay. another book that she forced her way through until the very end of the book. She went, this is so great. All right. We'll call that nailed it. We mm-hmm. just nail it at the end. Nailed it at the end. Yeah. So. If you want to talk to us about these things, you may do so in the following ways. You can meet us at the movie theater later on tonight. That's right. That's one way to do it. Or you can write to us on our website. We have a comments section under each show, and you're more than welcome to post your comments there. We really do enjoy hearing from you. We have an email address, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We also have Facebook. Mm -hmm. Just go to Sneaky Dragon there. Leave us a message. We will like it. Or comment on it, and or just appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we're also on Twitter at sneaky like underscore us. dragon, at sneaky underscore dragon. Did I say that? Anyway, yeah. we're on Twitter there, and that's another place that you can uh, contact us, like things we say, follow little things that we do. I must admit, I'm not a regular contributor to Twitter or I, Facebook. I am lately, or anything else, but I do enjoy the odd time making a small little smartass comment. It's fun, and there you go. So. Everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. We will see you again next week with more hilarity. Toodles. Toodles.